the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 14 of Legends of Grayskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Nordor, New Adventures, Old Adventures, all of the adventures, <laughs> even Netflix. Woohoo, Netflix. And I am Matthew Dooch. I'm here with Sean Skavarna. Sean, how are we doing tonight? I have questions. Do you? We'll get, <laughs> I have many questions. We'll, we'll get to those. I am just going to pull up my YouTube here. So in case anybody pops in, I can see them. Woohoo! Um, we are live, peeps. We are. We are so live. It is unbelievable. <laughs> um, I'm trying to adjust myself. Okay, I'm over here. There we go. There we go. There we go. You're good. You're good. I need marks on the floor. You'd think that there would be by you, now. You need to get a chair already. You need to sit I, down, well, take yeah. a load off. and. You know what? They, they always talk <laughs> about artists having to have pain for their work. And this is, yeah. My my calves might be sore by the end of this, but it's well worth it to discuss the Masters and She-Ra. Netflix and everything else. So. Netflix and everything. Oh. Everything. But, it's Everything. it's been an interesting week because, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, for us having our first taste of anything, what what I would consider new wave masters or princess of power in this case, yeah, we got to finish it. Versus the last time around when anything was released, we didn't get to finish it properly. So at least there was that. <laughs> that's that's new compared to how 2000X ended it. Compared to 2000X, however, we did have new adventures, which did have an ending. So I know, but that was before that. So I that's know. The I'm thing. just. It's I'm, like we we're actually getting somewhere now. <laughs> we are <laughs> the ending. So, so to, yeah, today we will be discussing Netflix's version of Shira and the Princesses. Of power. Princesses of power. Um, and you know what? It's It's been a long and wild ride. It, this has been five seasons, which... <laughs> E-Man doesn't like that we're talking about She-Ra. <laughs> Don't forget I'm here. Oh, sorry. Just no, every time that comes in, it amuses me. It's It's... You know, and it's it's Netflix seasons, so five seasons, but only what three of those were like half seasons, right? Yeah, well, I think it was season two and three were split in half. Okay, so, so we 13, had seven 13. and seven, if I remember right, or seven and eight, or whatever. Yeah, 
It's like 39, so, 50, 50 episodes. Mm-hmm. Somewhere um, around there. So, once again, unfortunately, more than 2,000x, but but the shortest episodes of a series so far. Um, and really, you got to look at episodes, because that first-run syndication of Filmation, like, yeah, it only had two seasons, but you're talking, you know... 130 episodes so (laughs) you can't really compare seasons it's just it's a whole different time you know definitely and you know i mean you got the binging and i i know unfortunately for both of us we basically binged the heck out of this final season to try to do what we needed to i had to binge it because of uh council of the first ones last week where we covered some of this and you had to binge it going into this week. Yeah, and for us. I know you'd rather take your time, but I, unfortunately I now you have a podcast. So. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> and, and let's start there because we brought this up before, you know, in, uh, you know, when we talked about the, the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all that. Um, here again, it's, yes, we wanted to cover it in the podcast, so that's what gave me that push to finish it up but at the same time there's also that the spoiler fear like yeah you know heading through facebook the you know the different um like i said even when i open up google chrome it'll it'll throw articles out there for me and a lot of them are he-man and Shira related i don't know that my browser history says that i like that um mm-hmm. So, so there is that aspect of it, too, where it's like, okay, either I do it now or it's going to be spoiled for me, you know? Yeah. And that's that's basically your two options. That goes for just about anything. Uh, you know, the Marvel movies, you better see that within the first couple of weeks because after that, people are just like, okay, we're talking about it. And, and yep. I mean, we're talking about it. We're not even throwing spoiler tags. We're just going to throw stuff out there that's like, oh, look, this spoils everything for you. Yeah, I think the only one that managed to escape that was Endgame. Right. They ba- the, the, I remember the directors actually saying, let everybody have the first two weeks and don't yeah. post anything. And then after that point, you're fair game because most people that wanted to see it got to see it. Well, in the case of Netflix, it's like, you know, you're open game from 12.01 in the morning on right. uh, the day it's released because good luck, you know, if you're on social media in any way, shape or form. For that first couple days, so absolutely, and you know, and that's and that's another that's another detriment in my opinion that you can't just you know take it as you will, you know, it's it's because most people did that, even people that weren't you know cramming for a podcast were sitting down and like, okay, here's the final season, thirteen episodes by you know uh, it pops on at twelve oh one, you know by eight a.m. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. To me, that's not as satisfying. And and I think that adds to some of the stuff that we'll get in now to where, you know, we've talked a lot this week. And, and uh, as much as I like talking to Sean, that, that usually we kind of do hands off, like, like whatever we're discussing on the podcast normally behind the scenes is, is like we're, we're not discussing that. Don't bring it up, you know. But we had such feelings about this that even in private we were we were really talking a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I, I think part, like, part of that feels you have to binge this, and I think that's a detriment because I don't feel that a season earns all its its arcs and its drama when you're sitting there just pounding it out. No. I mean, if if you had to take a pop quiz after you're done watching all 13 episodes, mm-hmm. you're not going to remember probably 60% of what you watched. I mean, to be honest, right. I haven't been able to go back and watch it the whole way through since the weekend. And that's just, you know, I don't have that ability right, right now. I'm just, you know, doing a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, like I remember bits and pieces that affected me. Mm-hmm. I don't remember every little tiny tidbit or morsel of the story at this point. And unfortunately, that's the the age we're in. And it does make me just go like, well, how is this new revelation going to work? How is the other new CGI he made him and the master's going to work? And, you know, it's the whole it's a blip yeah. on the radar for a week. And then, boom, you're off and running to the next thing. And and I, I will yeah. I will say that, too. I so I still took longer. I did not finish this until, well, yesterday. Right. I think yesterday I messaged you said I finished. Yeah. 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 Yesterday. So I didn't finish it till yesterday. And even then. So when I was done, I did do a little search around Facebook like, hey, is any you know, just looking for threads and discussion and everything. And I I found some stuff from, like, the day of that it dropped and, like, up to the weekend. And then after that, like, everything just... Everything just stopped. Mm-hmm. And, and I brought this up before. This is a very real concern here that, uh, you know... That it's just, it doesn't, you know, especially with a movie. Like, Netflix just does not have the same impact. And it's shown here. Even this show that's so highly rated, highly regarded, has a very um, enthusiastic fan base. You know, basically you've got less than a week and then it's out of the news cycle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is, yeah. is this what we need here going forward? Is this I... going to... Is this going to go into, like, actually bringing it back and taking care of, you know, helping the toys sell and everything else that that we would like to get out of this, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I mean, they they fumbled on the toys for this to begin with. I mean, we we had that talk the other day. I mean, that, like, they released dolls and Super 7 got to release, I guess, what were they, five or six inch figures. Right. And it was only for She-Ra and Katra, and boom, that was all you heard. And one of the last times I was in Target before mm-hmm. all hell broke loose with the rest of the world, yeah. all the dolls were on clearance. Yeah. And I, I was like, well, there was a part of me going, maybe I'll buy one of them for my daughter. And at the same time, I'm just like, I'm not worried about this right now, and you know, I'll move on with something else and see what happens later. So I'm completely lost on how they even – chose to do anything for this mm-hmm. show i mean it's, it, it was there, there is a certain amount of like um uh troll hunters had some toys out i remember that and troll hunters was done right. but there were toys on the shelves then and and, and it done as in okay all the all the show was mm-hmm. done but it was still on netflix right. and, and it always is um, but 
it, it, yeah, yeah, but the but you know it's the whole the 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 heat was gone of it because it wasn't something that was creating something right. new each you know six months or whatever. And um, Voltron, yeah. Voltron fell flat when it, when it launched. Mm-hmm. Like it, you had the lions and stuff, and you could create Voltron and all that, but you saw those in clearance faster than most yep, things, yep. and I was a little shocked by that when it came out. Um, so I, I'm a little lost at how they're going to do this kind of stuff because of Netflix being the way they're showing these things now, because it feels like people would rather just go and binge the episodes than worry about a toy. And it, it's like, it, there's a disconnect now in this generation compared to when we were kids, maybe it was the commercials where they, the commercials hammered home to us in the middle of other shows, by the way. You might be watching He-Man, but Transformers is there. By the way, you're watching G.I. Joe, but He-Man's there. You know, and it, it was like you constantly had this bombarding um, bombarding force for the commercials, at least. But, it, it, like, again, we are in a new age. There's just no way around this. And uh, in some ways it's interesting, and in other ways it's sad. That's just the way I look at yeah. it nowadays. Well, so. and I will say from my own, you know, personal experience, and and most of the stuff that we watch is is you know, uh, we don't watch much live. Even my kids don't. I mean, that's just the way it is now. Um, yeah. But the biggest thing that my son's been into so far is was the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the the first Nickelodeon series, the good one. Oh, the, yeah, the, I was going to say the good one. <laughs> that rise thing that's on now. And mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's like, and even though, I mean, I, I get what you're saying about the commercials, but even that, he watched that without the commercials. But it was mm-hmm. still just an episode. It was a new episode a week. It was reruns every day. It was, you know, like, or he could go, we could go on demand and, you know, it, there was always reruns. Yeah. So you could always stream it. But then at the same time, he could always, you know, jump back and, and uh, you know, every week there was a new episode. And that's been the biggest thing that he's really been into so far. So I, I, still, I still hold to it that there is something about releasing these things, uh, you know, episodically. You know, an episode mm-hmm. a week, whatever, holding something and getting people talking about it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, all these big phenomenon shows, even if you want to go out of the cartoon realm, you know, um, you know, Lost, Grey's Anatomy, all these long running shows, it's because everyone's talking about it every week. You've got a whole week mm-hmm. of going around your office, going around, you know, the house, talking to your wife, husband, whatever, and going, hey, what do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to do here? You know, and all that's lost with Netflix shows because, you know, you, st- you just. You, you wait the 30 seconds, 10 seconds, whatever it is now, and the next episode loads up. And there's no yeah. drama. There's no how are they going to get out of this. There's no – I don't know. It just It's it's not as impressionable to me. But. Yeah, and especially if you're like me and my wife where, you know, like uh, Stranger Things was the one where yeah. we both were like, we're watching this together when we could sit right. down. So. It would be like a once a week, mm-hmm. maybe twice a week thing yeah. where we try to do maybe two or three episodes a night and then we'd call right. it a night because we just had to get back to – we had to go to bed and mm-hmm. get the kids up in the morning. So people like us, you know, it's like that's that's where the appeal is I, guess, I think for some of this Netflix stuff is, 
oh, you're not going to binge the whole thing. You got a couple episodes here and there, and you're going right. to take maybe a month to get through it. And there's other people out there where it's like, no, they just go for it the minute that it's right. uploaded, and boom, the next thing you know, there's already spoilers when you yeah. just go on Facebook the next that, morning, you know. And that's my biggest thing with it. It's like, what? what I, I don't blame you there. Like, <laughs> but. Mm-hmm. Oh God, we got dead air because we both said drink at the same time. Well, yeah, <sighs> fine. we. <laughs> I was I was agreeing with you. I figured I take <laughs> no, but, but yeah. it, it's true. Like yeah. you, you you basically have to go radio silent on social media for like a month mm-hmm. if you don't catch it within the first like forty eight hours. Right. You know, and um, yeah. and it's it's a, it's a shame. Yeah. I I think it is, but. But that's yeah. Netflix as a whole. Let's let's get down to brass tacks here. <laughs> so Netflix Shira premiered. Oh god, I should look that up. When did it premiere? It's about four, three years ago. I want to say 2018, but maybe it was 2017. 2018 sounds right. We're gonna go 2018. Any of you in the chat room want to disagree with us? Please let us know. <laughs> I'm just seeing me there. Which is fine, because we did not publicize this. Next week, and I'll talk about more at the end of the next week, I'm, we're doing a publicized live. This is our this yep. is our test run. So in case it screwed <laughs> up, we wouldn't have a bunch of people going, uh, where are you guys? Um, but anyways, yes, it's, you know, it was about two seasons a year or so. Yeah. So yeah, like 2017, 2018. Uh, I remember it was September, because it was right around the time school was starting. That I do remember. And basically, basically, uh, so we're following the adventures of Adora on Etheria. It's a, it's, well, they called it a reboot. Um, we'll get more into that later. Uh, and it's just following the adventures of Adora as she rebels from the evil horde and and finds a group of people that she can trust and try and right the wrongs that are created by the Horde, which has enslaved Etheria. Uh, so, you know, on the surface, the, the basic She-Ra premise that we've known, a um, couple key differences mm-hmm. is they cannot tie this into He-Man because DreamWorks decided not to work out a deal with Mattel here. Um... To do it, to do it all. Um, so basically, it's DreamWorks working because they they right now DreamWorks owns the Filmation library, the back catalog. So they could only use the characters from the original cartoon, minus the one that's also appeared in Masters of the Universe. Yes, it's weird. Don't ask. It's really not even all the details have ever been made public. You think the filmation rights in and of themselves are hard? This is even harder. So, uh, basically, you have, like, all the princesses, and basically the evil horde is neutered. Um, just they're, they're missing most of their key members. It's down to Scor- Scorpia, Catra, Shadow Weaver, Hordak, and Imp. Like that's your evil horde, at its essence. Mm-hmm. There's there's some minor trooper characters and other guys, but basically your bat your big bad horde is those few people. Um, yep. 
And we, we followed her adventures at finding the sword without He-Man uh, being a part of it. And, you know, her her learning to trust Glimmer and Bo and the Great Rebellion and all that. And uh, I, think, I think most people who are watching this are probably pretty familiar with the plot. Because it goes here, there, it goes everywhere. And the thing, we, we were having a really hard time discussing deciding what exactly we were going to discuss. We knew we wanted to do Netflix She-Ra because, you know, the final season's starting, and it's one of the... It's, it's been a pretty big era, for, you know, here. Um, you know, five seasons, a good fan base, um, toys, even though they didn't seem to last very long. Uh, it, it It's not just a footnote in the history. There was something here, um, and we bounced back and forth, and then with us both finishing up the final season and having so much to talk about, we figured, well, we're going to concentrate mainly on the final season here today. And then, you know, later down the road, we can go back and get back to our regular format of, you know, uh, uh, picking apart an episode, basically. But uh, yep. but for today, we're, we're basically going to focus on this final season um, so if you, if you haven't kept up to this point, probably go watch those. So it mm-hmm. makes more sense. Um, <laughs> I will say real quick that the, I did like, uh, the continuity in this series. Um, you know, I, I thought they, they did a good job of having, a continuous story that's being told that lends itself very well to the binginess. Um, I say I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say it was necessarily yeah. a good story, um, but the, but it was a continuous story. It made it be- from beginning to end, um, and, and that that was one of the highlights of this show for me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say, like, uh, I was actually thinking about, you know, pluses and minuses, pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the storytelling is more, as in the, the continuity and mm-hmm. and stuff, that is way more in line with what I want to see for newer stuff from here out. With, uh, with anything, obviously, Revelation, the new He-Man uh, cartoon, that's the CGI one, that is way more in the vein of what I want to see because we've already done the other stuff and 2000 X was a step in that direction. Uh, and yes, I know new adventures also yep. step yep. in that yep. direction as well. But, um, from here out, this is how I want to hear. This is how I want the storytelling to go. Um, and, uh, let's see. Plus the pluses going into this to make me excited for a final season. Um, the the mysteries yes. that they started in the first four seasons were things where I genuinely was invested at this point going, well, how are they going to work all this stuff out? We have, we have hints at uh, fan things like, you know, what's attorney mean? This password she keeps using and all this stuff. What does it mean when she raises her sword and says, for the honor of Grayskull? What is Madame Raz and or Raz as they call her now? What is her deal? Because in previous seasons we've seen her whole time stream is wonky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I, I think it's called chronodysplasia or something like that. If I I looked it up last night, I was trying to remember the actual I would, term. I would just call it the Merlin but, thing because that was one of the, the one of the components of Merlin the wizard. Like he kind of his time ran different from everybody else's, and so that's why mm-hmm. he always seemed like he knew the future. It's like because he's he'd already lived the future before they did, mm-hmm. you know. So. So yeah, yeah, like that, that was very interesting yes. to me. And I, I think one of, one of the ones that I know you and I were both curious about was with her at the end of season mm-hmm. four, breaking her sword of protection yep. Yep. and her, her losing the bond to Shira, And now she's just Adora. How are they going right. to solve this? Because for a final season, you gotta have Shira. There's no way well, around that. She has to be there in her own show for the final season. And that at the same time she's breaking her sword and giving up the power, um, Horde Prime is invading and they're 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 taking back out Despondos into the universe where Horde Prime can find them and he's you know, circling Etheria. You know, it's like Yep. Uh, You know what? I will give it that. The the end of season four is a very tight, very compelling story. I do mm-hmm. want to say hi there. I did just see a couple numbers pop up in the chat. We are live right cool. now, guys. So if you're in the chat, drop us a line so we know who you are. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, drop us a line. We can see you. So... Thanks for tuning in. Throw comments at us. We're talking about Netflix (laughs) She-Ra, so strap in. Um, Yeah. But yes, the end of season four was was very nice. It was. I thought it was really well put together. You finally got. You finally got somewhere. You finally got some answers. You found out that Ethereum has been stuck in Despondos this whole time, and you got you know a little bit of the the Mara backstory, which. Again, mm-hmm. I don't like the predecessors. I don't think that's any surprise to anybody here. Um, so, so I don't care for the Shira before the Shira concept. No matter who they, no matter how they had done it, like I don't care for the He Man before He Man. It just ugh, it muddies it. It muddies it, and it makes <laughs> them not as special. Um, but yes, but that that's that's on me. But they. It finally seemed like we were gonna get some answers, and I, I for one, was actually excited to see where it was headed to. And uh, you and me and my daughter, my yeah, daughter, my, when we finished season my four kids as well. My kids have been watching it too, and they were they have yeah. they've been enjoying it more than I have. I will put it mm-hmm. out there. Um, there's been lots of ups and downs. For every hero episode you get, you get a Princess Prom episode. Um, <laughs> That's true. That's there, very there's true. lots of filler episodes in this where just like, why are we even wasting time on this? Um, but that might just mm-hmm. be my old man view of it. I, I don't know. No, I I agree with that, too. And I'm somebody that's a little more liberal about this show than others. And even I'm like, why are we wasting time on this when you have 13 episodes to finish this out? And there's there's still questions. Well, that's what I was going to say. um, We got so now we're in the final season. So you're thinking, okay, this is it. Because like I said, the back half of season four was very solid and it felt like it's all rushing towards this end. 
And so you're, you go, so right off the bat, you're like, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be like, this is going to be everything to the end, everything to the finale, which is obviously going to be a big battle between the rebellion and Horde Prime. I mean, we know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, going into season five and going, okay, so how does Adora get her sword back? How does she, you know, either reforge it or, you know, whatever the first ones heal it because that happened in, you know, filmation too, where she cracked the sword and the first ones had to repair it. Um, and, you know, uh, from here on out, this is probably about the last moment here, guys. If you don't want it to get spoiled, leave. Leave now. Go. <laughs> we appreciate you, but just go. Mm-hmm. And, wow, what a letdown. Uh, we, we, the, the filler episodes in this season are I won't say some of the worst, but they were the hardest to sit through knowing, like, okay, you ended this with, like, Glimmer and Catra and Horde Prime ship. Adora broke the sword. Like, uh, you know, Horde Prime's invading. And we're spending an entire episode in an underwater bar. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the episode where I was just like, I don't need this right here. The momentum is completely shot because the everything leading up to this point is focused on this ending. Right. And then all of a sudden we take this detour and I'm like, right, just so, this is, this for me was worse than princess prom for that reason. In some yeah. ways, I won't lie. Yeah. And you know, I, this is the perils of peekaboo. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the whole episode was a setup to meet peekaboo um, they had to go find Pika Blue because they were getting worried, you know, a door. And yes, we're going to jump all over the season. I, I, that's just the only way it is. <laughs> um, you know, they're trying to find uh, Pika Blue so that he, he can use his uh, farsight powers to see how the rescue mission is going with uh, Adora and Bo and Entrapta. And the whole episode is just another chance for Seahawk to talk about lighting ships on fire and tying people up. And, you know, uh, Scorpia gets to sing. And yep. then we meet Peekaboo, Prince Peekaboo, Prince. Um, and. <laughs> And the whole thing's just set up to a gag they pulled with Flutterina in uh, season three. Where the character yep. of Peekaboo isn't even really Peekaboo, it's a double trouble. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and, and uh, for <laughs> you audio listeners, I just slapped my forehead. Yes, it's, he did. It's stuff he like did that very, where it's like yep. you know, okay, I, I. The first time I gave it a pass, you know, whatever it was, it was kind of clever the way they used Flutterina in season three. But like to repeat it again here for a single episode, it's like wh- why, why we did this already? Why do you need to take yeah. another? You know fan-loved character from the past and bring it just to be a punchline. Um, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Manny Manny just jumped in. Ah, uh, man. He says he <laughs> says, "Hey guys, not a fan of the new show, but wanted to say hey. See you tomorrow, <laughs> hopefully." <laughs> well, Manny, uh, hey, Manny. you know, it is what it is. No no judgment here. However, we will be answering questions later in the episode if you want to pop back in. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, and honestly, if you don't like it, you can come along with us and tell us why you don't like it. But uh, Definitely. And I'm assuming you mean the new She-Ra show and not our new show because that would just be, <laughs> that would just be hurtful. We're not answering your questions if Legends you say it's ours. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so, you know, you didn't need to waste an episode on this. You didn't need to to bring in another old character just to do it again. You know, and I, you know, I, I, it goes back to Scooby-Doo for me. The, the first live action Scooby-Doo, Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. You know the one I'm talking about. Don't pretend you don't. Yep. I, I've seen it many times. My daughter likes that movie. But that ending to this day where it turns out Scrappy-Doo was behind it all along still mm-hmm. bothers me to no end. It's the, they threw him under the bus. It's the same <laughs> thing. Don't bring this stuff back just to make it a punchline. Leave it out then. Yeah. You know, it's 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 not helping anything. Just because you feel you don't like a character, which I I never got the Scrappy-Doo hate. You know, I never got the Orko mm-hmm. hate. I never got the Snarf hate. I, I don't get mm-hmm. this hate. And that's a whole other tangent, I know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, it's... It, just, it, 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 it barely worked for me with Flutterina, and it really didn't work for me here. Mm. Yeah, the Peek-a-Blue thing, like... In my in my opinion, it's one of those things. If you haven't brought somebody in by the end of last season, you shouldn't be bringing them in on the final season. No, it's just that simple. The final season, to me, from beginning to end, should be the wrapping up of everything that you set up in previous seasons to tell your story. And the fact that they even needed to do this episode was shocking to me. Yeah, for the fact that you know, like. I don't give a crap about Peekaboo in this show. Right. Peekaboo was never even brought up on the show, and here, well, no. But if I remember right, somebody said Peekaboo was brought up on the Princess Prom episode. Well, that they also brought Sweet Bee right. up and there, we, and we didn't even get Sweet Bee. Hey, spoiler so, like, alert: why, we never saw her. Yeah. So, so why do we why right. do we need to go and introduce? Peekaboo? Well, it didn't bother me that that it was Prince Peekaboo. I'm going to say well, that, but. It was more like, why are we doing this? Like, what? And and on top of that, I am going to say the first few episodes with it being this whole rescue mission, I honestly think that could have been even trimmed oh, down absolutely. someone to allocate. Because no matter what the fans have been, I have I've been scouring a little bit last night, not a huge amount, but enough to go. I know there are fans who real are hardcore quick, that look real at real quick. Um, sorry, I. I... They might interrupt your train of thought, but I was trying to catch Manny before he went. He did specify no. uh, he's talking about the new Shira show. The only reason he's here right now is because of our show. So thank you, Manny. Oh uh, yeah. Well, well, we thank you, and, Manny. And he does say that he wants to see the new Kevin Smith He Man very much. Um, okay. Yes, we all do. Okay. 
Um, we, we all do without having any more talking about it. Let's just see some stuff yep. final. <laughs> and real quick, Manny, if you just do me a favor, because I'm the technical side of things, if you're still there, um, how's the, just rate us. How's the video looking and how's the audio sounding? Um, it's looking good on my end. I want to make sure it's it's kind of good for everybody across the board. So if you're still here, just let me know how everything's looking down there. I'd appreciate it. Um, sorry, Sean. I just I want to take care. No, of it. no problem. But yes, yeah, so the um, rescue mission definitely could have been trimmed down. That took way too long. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. There were there were hardcore fans who were following like Noel Stevens Stevenson's Twitter account mm-hmm. who were even saying some similar things of. You know, the ending of this just wrapped up and boom, you're done. And they could have used five minutes tacked on at the end to just give you something other than here's the end and cut the black and here's the the, uh, credits. So in my opinion, if you start looking, you look at that and you go to the very beginning of the season and go, well, what stuff was unnecessary that maybe we could truncate? The rescue mission, the ship getting to the point where they can't operate it in space. Well, it's all been done before. It's freaking Galaxy Quest. Yeah, yeah like they well, had to go to the – their crystal burned out. They had <laughs> to land on the planet. And, and I'm like watching the whole thing going, well, Tim Allen did this and it was better. I'm okay well, with he, that. <laughs> he managed to lose his shirt. So, I mean – He did. <laughs> see, you've managed to lose your shirt. I love it, yeah. Um, and, and right there, that ro- you know, rolling right into there. Okay, so so we're introducing the new character, Peekaboo, who's not really a new character. And then, like you said, they had to land – and we introduce a whole group of new characters, the Star Siblings. Yeah, the Star Siblings. Wait a minute. Yes, they introduced the Star Sisters, but they couldn't all be sisters anymore, so they had to make Jewel Star a male. Um, and I guess I guess I I I know I'm highlighting the Prince. Peekaboo, and now uh, Jewel Star being being a guy. I just I, I'm perplexed at the reasoning. Um, that that's my main thing right now. Um, I I get I guess. How do I want to put this, Sean? Well, I. Everyone gets so up in arms whenever a a a Captain America. Well, no, they didn't do Captain America. They did Thor. Thor became Jane Foster. Became Thor. Who else was? Oh, what didn't Iron Man become a girl at one point recently? Iron here? Man was Iron Heart for a while. It was a, a a young lady in college that became Iron Heart for a bit. Yeah. Um, there there has been times where. Um, the main, char- you know, like it, yeah. the, the main character has gone is... from male to female. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there, there, there's always an uproar about that. And you know, I just, I, I guess I don't get the point. What was the point? Um, especially since Shira has mostly been girls, anyways. And we're kind of in this era of, you know, girl power and everything of that. Doesn't it kind of seem like it detracts from that to to 
to change girl characters into guys? Uh, the the logic that I understood through a couple different places since the finale aired, at least in Pika Blue's case, mm-hmm. is the male is the one that has the big plume of feathers. They're the ones that have the showy off. That's how they attract the female. On so Earth. I think the well on Earth, yes. But here's the <laughs> yes, I'm yes, gonna be the, I'm gonna okay, be that guy right now. But. But there's so many Earth-like references that I'm not really going to go and give you that much of a curve on this one. But that was that was what the argument was. You know, basically, it it didn't in in like a zoological or whatever you want to call it that that would have been the male versus it being the female, like on the traditional one. And you know, for me, it was a better thing just left well enough alone that you just hear the name Peekaboo. To be honest, that's yeah. where my whole thing is going to fall every time we talk about this. Like, didn't need the episode, didn't need to know who Peekaboo was here. I'm just happy that they go Peekaboo, Sweet Bee, Princess Prom episode. You're done. Right. You don't. And if you're not going to introduce them by season three, like it's too late then. Exactly. You know? And that's and, what I'm and, rolling into. And I, I, I like I said, I, I wasn't trying to, I'm not trying to stir the pot or anything. I'm just, I guess I'm just confused with the gender swap. Either way, like I, I wasn't necessarily, even though I don't follow the Thor comics, it was still like a head scratcher, like, okay, Jane Foster's Thor now. I view it both ways. It's like, I, I don't know. But, uh. The, well, the Star Siblings one is a harder one for me to even understand why they went there without hopefully like, I don't know if she posted anything or if there's any kind of an interview with her, where they discussed why they went to that change personally. It, it, I I guess. Okay. You come from the original. She ever was an offshoot or a, or a, I wouldn't say a sequel, but you know, she was an offshoot of He-Man. There's no way around that. He-Man is a very male centric line and, like looking at my classics on my shelf, there really is a, a like. There are times where I look at it and I go, "My God, the amount of women that aren't on this shelf versus how many dudes are on this shelf." Absolutely. So in that way, I think Shira. That was a huge part of why I couldn't crack the code of that when I was a kid. Is that was such a wall of females that it's like you had Bo and he was the guy where I'm like, "Okay, I got Bo." But then, like, you know, occasionally Seahawk. Yep. And that's about it. And otherwise, it's the Horde guys that you're rooting for then. And then <laughs> you kind of feel like a jerk because you're rooting against Shira. And I think there was maybe elements of, you know, we have Bo as a main character yep. and Hordak as a main character. Beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot of other male representation until Seahawk or until now, like like I said, the star siblings. Now here's here's uh, a jewel star becoming a guy, yeah. and that's the only thing that makes sense to me is they just said maybe we went a little overboard with how many females are on this show, and maybe we'll throw in a couple males mm-hmm. here and there yep. and gender swap. But you can never have too many. Uh, well, <laughs> when I was when I was five and six, I disagreed. But yeah. as an adult, I never will I fight you on that. Well, one. I agree and, completely. And that's that's part of the difference between you and me because I I never honestly I never questioned the the male female ratio in either show. Like mm-hmm. the, even grow, you know, 
Shira's been out since I've been on this earth, basically, and I, yep. you know, I grew up on her, and and it never once bothered me that you know I was seeing Castispella or you know, uh, uh, Frost or Glimmer or Angela. Like, I don't, I never questioned. I never quit. You know, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I just, it, it worked for me. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I just think it's a disrespect to the original character. That's just me. Um, mm-hmm. But again, and we didn't even really see Peaky Blue, so I, 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 I don't even know if I can really count that one even. Mm-hmm. But okay, but so like you're saying, okay, so they make Jewel Star guy that even that kind of gets some more testosterone in there. Okay, um, you know we and that was actually a pretty neat episode, honestly, where they're where even though it's it's complete filler, um, yeah. where they're going to find the crystal and they find this husk of a planet that's been destroyed by Horde Prime and the Star siblings live there. And they work together to help, you know, because the the they need the fuel so that they can get off before this planet it completely cracks apart. And you know, uh, and Adora and them obviously need to get back to Etheria. And it ends with you know basically them joining forces. The Star siblings are like, oh, we're gonna help you. We're gonna join the rebellion. This is it. Let's take the fight to Horde Prime. And they are not seen again in the season, yeah. except for a single shot on Horde Prime's view screen. Yeah. They don't, because they haven't even gotten to Horde Prime's ship at that point. They're still on mm-hmm. their way there. And the Star Siblings pledge to help them. They don't join them to Horde Prime's ship. They don't head back to Etheria. They they uh, apparently were led to believe they went to some other planet and started fighting Horde Prime there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what was the point of that? There, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> uh, it, it, there are in in okay. The first one I always go to is Princess Prom because of the sure. fact that most people are like, why? And that's the and one that was. broke some of the people who were the older fans trying to watch this. I remember. And just real quick here, I'm going to preface this by, there was a cat down there? Another one. (laughs) I will preface this by, there is a She-Ra princess of power golden book called, um, I I meant to look it up. I want to say it was too long at the ball or something like that. Um. And I love that golden book. And the whole thing was like this: this this horde spy came into like a big ball that Bright Moon was hosting, and um, I think he tricked Glimmer into like going outside and he ended up kidnapping her. I'm, I haven't read it in years, but vaguely remember. So I'm not against, you know, dance settings. I just think Princess Prime was not a very good episode, but go on. <laughs> well, it, that, that's the thing. Like the majority of that, like that introduced us to Frosta. So that was one of the very few, oh, this is a reason to watch the episode. Here's Frosta showing up and now she'll be part of the Princess Alliance. And then at the end of it, there was the major plot point, which I cannot think of for the life of me right now because it's been a while, well, but it, was, it led into the next episode. It was somebody it was got Bo, captured Bo or whatever, got right? Kidnapped, right? Bo got kidnapped. Okay. So, that led into the next episode. So if you didn't watch that one, at least to the end, you're going to sit there in the next episode going, how did he get caught? Right. You know, or whatever. And so you got that going for it. Um, 
and you have that that flow chart that I referenced already with oh Sweet Bee is with so and so and Peekaboo and you yeah. know and all that stuff. A couple of cool name um, drops. Yeah, that was that was all right and all that, but um, yeah, like for for a lot of this stuff, it just it does all, always boil down to there's it's like there's too many characters to juggle, and at the fifth ep- the fifth season, they just flat out were like we're just focusing on this and that's it right. because we have. 13 episodes, but then, like, again, they're they're going off on these tangents, and you're like, 13 episodes, why do we need a whole one to, to talk about the ship needing to be repaired? How, why do we need a whole one where Peekaboo's involved? Why do we need this and that? Why, you know, it's like there's there's definitely times where you're looking at the, the, the pattern or the course of this season, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of going, what about Raz? Yeah. What, what about, what about more about, what what is... This gray skull that she keeps on saying for the honor of every time she transforms, because other than it being a throwback to what we knew, what does that mean in this continuity? Because it's obvious it's been said many times. You've even said it, too. This is not connected to He-Man. So what is gray skull in this continuity? What is gray skull in this new DreamWorks right. Shira? Because if it's not going to be a castle with a big skull face on it, I don't know what that means here. Well, There's relevance, perhaps, you know, and instead, instead, it left me literally with every reply I did to anybody who posted, what did you think of this, this final season over social media? I said, I have questions. Right. That was all I'd keep replying to people because that was my biggest problem is you addressed a bunch of stuff that I didn't need. I didn't need to unpack all this stuff. You didn't need to add more characters when there are plenty of characters. And there's little merman showing up. <laughs> He's a happy little guy. But but there are already plenty of enough characters. Why are we getting more when we don't even have time for those? And this whole end battle should right. be what the focus is about. Like the last three or four episodes could have just been – Let's just do it, you know, mm-hmm. go, go for broke on this. And absolutely. when we got to what happened, I remember sitting there scratching my head going, well, that's it. Right. Like that, this is how it's ending. Like it's one. Of okay. The, and, and real quick, it was queen of the ball, queen of the ball is the golden book. Mm. Um, but yeah, so, so you've got too much filler, especially for a final season. And honestly, even, even, Looking back over the past four seasons, I'm like, man, I really wish we could have had a few of those episodes back to kind of redo and kind of whittle this story. We could have whittled the story down a bit in the earlier seasons. Um, then you would have had more time at the end here for explanation. Yeah. Um, but I did like, I did like, um, what did I like? <laughs> This won't I, take long. <laughs> I'm tr- I, well, I'm, I'm trying not to be because there were some, you know, once basically whenever they were actually doing something that worked toward the goal, I liked it. When the, when we were learning about Horde Prime, you know, even if I don't agree with the backstories, which I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of them, being as that's how I want to see Shira. As long as those episodes, they were working towards something and it felt like we were getting somewhere, 
I was finding myself sucked into it, and there's quite a few episodes where it's ending, and I'm going, well, actually, I, I, I'm kind of interested in how this plays out in a minute here. Yeah. And usually it was like we jumped to something irrelevant. Um, the the big I I like Shira's redesign when she finally transforms again. Um, that new outfit of hers is spectacular. And I mm-hmm. honestly, I wish we could have had this outfit the whole time. Um, yeah, I thought it was really well done. It was, it was finally reminiscent to the past, but clearly its own thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some sideshow influence. I even want to say in that because I, I, especially like the boots and everything, I felt were very reminiscent of that sideshow statue. Um, and she just looked like the most powerful woman in the universe uh, by the end of it. Finally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she, like, up until that uh, that sequence hit, Mara was the best-looking She-Ra on the show for right. me. Anytime she became She-Ra, I was, like, awestruck because that was the look of her I wanted to see mm-hmm. from the beginning of the series. Right. And, and even her in general, just the overall look of Mara was one of those characters that... Every time she was on the screen, my attention was like – it was like you know I, I was just boom right, right there on the screen because, again, mysteries. Right. Here's this character. Who is she? How does this all you know connect and all that stuff? And then when you see her as – here's how she looks. And then it's like I remember when I, was, when I was watching that episode that you're talking about where, boom, she finally becomes the up – upgrade yeah. version or the newer Shira. Um, I was just like laying in bed waiting for my kids to fall asleep. And I had that on and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm turned away from them and I'm watching it on my phone. And the minute that she says for the honor of gray skull and that transformation hit mm-hmm. all of my body went yeah. like all, every muscle in me started getting clenched. Cause I'm just like, they went there. Like they actually went there and they gave her something great looking. Yeah. That, like you said, I really wish that was a look through the whole thing because that would have actually made a lot of people probably shut up about the design because too many people were so eh, about the design. <laughs> I don't have a better way of explaining it. The design it, but was kind of eh. So it I'm, was. It <laughs> was. And, 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 the, and the whole while I did say it was a little Sailor Moonish, which it is. That whole transformation sequence was much, much better. Um, mm-hmm. They actually had some flair. They had some space behind her. They did the, the like uh, twinkling, you know, circle around her. Very reminiscent. Yep. Um, it was a much better transformation sequence as a whole. Yeah. The one downside, and oh, it would have been. They were so close. They were so I know what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. In that moment where she transformed into She-Ra, it, it was, they were trying to rescue Catra because Catra had already helped Glimmer escape and they, they couldn't leave her behind. Um, and, and Adora's like pinned down by Horde clones and, you know, um, and she's she you can just you can see it in her eyes like she realized they need Shira and she goes she goes for the honor of Grayskull and then nothing <laughs> and I, I 
I still wish they had started it right at the beginning of season one where she says, I am She-Ra. But they didn't. Mm -hmm. So if you're not going to do it then, this here with the upgraded look, the new transformation, to me this... To me, this whole story has been about Adora becoming She-Ra, embracing the power, doing good, righting the wrongs that the Horde has done so far. That's that's She-Ra to me. That's Filmation, that's this one, that was their common thread. And so, um, and, and Sean's going to hate me for this again, but basically, this this show felt to me like it was the Smallville of She-Ra. Where we're seeing her as she's starting out, and she's building to the She-Ra we know and love. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, other shows have done. Arrow, they ran along the same thing, where you're watching Oliver Queen actually become Green Arrow, and by the end, he's, he's more the Green Arrow that we know yeah. Um, which it's getting a bit overdone at this point, but okay. It's it's kind of where the cultural zeitgeist is for some reason. Um, but you know, this was the moment. If there was any moment to introduce the I am Shira, um, it was this moment where she's finally going. Okay, this is me. I'm making it my own. Which that that was an underlying theme in the season, I believe. Not just to me, but I think it was there. It didn't seem to be the main focus, but it was, you know, her... This is Adora. This is her choosing her destiny instead of it being forced upon her. There was lots of that subtext going on. And I just think it would have made that scene just perfect if if she finally did the I am She-Ra. I am. Adora is She-Ra. I'm choosing this. I... I that was part of why I kept coming back because uh, the first few seasons we never got the I am Shira moment, but then when you look at how she is a Shira, yep, she uses Shira as almost an entertainment tool at times, like especially the Perfuma episode and all that stuff mm-hmm. in the first season and things. There's like an element of she's still figuring it out. Right. She's kind of like Bambi finding her legs. She's immature. You know, it, she's learning. It, it, yep. Yeah, and you'll you'll get that from even her personality. She'll be cracking jokes. She's kind of figuring things out and getting stressed out in the middle of battle. She's you know all that kind of stuff. And it's basically you know it's the whole it's all riding on me, but I don't know how to do this. And to me, like I that's why I love that transformation is that was the first time where she stood there and there was no, like you could see she knows Mm -hmm. this is her now and she's not afraid of it. And she sees this is the way I need to go. And I'm not afraid anymore. I'm doing this on my own terms. Mm -hmm. And because it's needed. uh, It's needed. needed. It's the prince. No more moment. It's the courage. a moment. It's, you know, she needs Shira. She cannot do this. (laughs) So in that way, um, yeah, I was a little let down as well with the whole, you know, I, she never says I am Shira, but there was a part of me going, well, she didn't say it there, but maybe she'll say it like closer yeah. to the end. Maybe there'll be this moment where you're going to get this. 
like because that was my main thing too was yeah. i i questioned it for a long time like will they ever let her go the full way i mean right. why that that to me was like she's embracing herself she's embracing mm-hmm. her destiny and all that so like the idea of her going head to head against horde prime yep. and and actually because the way they set that whole thing up i'm like huh like i wanted to see her with the sword just going head to head with the guy right. They never gave you anything yeah. like that where it was substantial, and that could that that should have been the moment where he thinks he's got her on the ropes or something, mm. and the you know like he says in the one scene about oh I don't know your face but you're my old enemy and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like it, it does, it, that would have been a great moment if she would have came back with for the honor of Grayskull and just you know blowing the hell out of the joint and then him looking at her and be, and her showing up like that all the smoke clears the mm-hmm. the light mm-hmm. goes down and then. I am Shira, and I, that would have had me going, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> no, and that that moment, and I, it made absolutely no sense to me. It's, yeah, he's 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 confronting her in the in the Crystal Castle, and he, you know, he's go he's going, yeah, you know, oh, I don't recognize your face, but I'm sure we probably fought at some point. You're my oldest enemy, or goodbye to my oldest enemy. It's like. No, which one is yeah. it? Either, either I'm, you know, it, they tried to like shoehorn in this the, this end here, like that Horde Prince fought against Shira like for centuries, but he ha- but he doesn't remember it. But so maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. I, uh, it's confusing and it, it's well, it's poorly written. It's it's the whole problem of at the end of season four, you're bringing in a main bad guy that now is the problem of season five. And it's like, well, why couldn't Hordak be the one she's going head to head with? Because in that, in the original show, that was the the person you wanted to see her take down. Come on. And there was the guy, the original used Horde prime too, but there is no doubt in my mind. If they had entered, if filmation was doing a story based in continuity and they were going from beginning to end, there's no doubt in my mind that when the smoke cleared at the end, Hordak would be the one standing. Hordak sure. would eventually take down Horde Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and Manny just said the show's not good enough to do that, so I'm assuming he's talking about the I Am Shira. No, um, well, I, we, we we agree, Manny, and thanks for sticking with us, even though this is <laughs> not your cup of tea. I appreciate that. Unless he just keeps popping back in to see where we're at. He, he He's the official winner of the third no prize now, I think, at this oh, point. He's, Yuka, he's going the distance with Yuka's us Yuka's been unseated. <laughs> Yuka, Yuka you, got, you got some living up to do here now, man. But, <laughs> but let, let's go into that. In in all of this show here, this Netflix show, um, I only count two villains. Two real villains, and that's Horde Prime, and unfortunately, the first ones, because, I mean, Horde Prime is obvious, but he's, you know, every other character, it's all this shades of gray, it's, I'm misunderstood, I'm, you know, I got forced into this, I'm just here for the technology, I, you know, there's Mm -hmm. an excuse for everybody, and by the end of this, you know, everybody's good by the end of this. We'll yeah. just jump right there. Hordak's good. Yeah. Uh, Scorpia's 
Well, she's always been good. She was never evil to begin with, and that's a shame because yeah. she was a vicious character in Filmation. Uh, Catra's good. Shadow Weaver gives up her life to save Adora and Catra, so she has her redemption. Um, so at the at the end of this, the only you know double trouble she they help take down horde troopers. I mean, basically at the end of this, the only villains that are left, the only two that don't have a redemption arc, are Horde Prime and the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and and it, this it takes... is the evil horde. Yeah, these and... are the baddest of the bad in the known galaxy, and even some unknown galaxies. Yeah, and and it makes me sad to think about like going into the season. My daughter, when she saw that final shot from season four, where all those ships are now converging mm-hmm. on Etheria. She looked at me. She goes, "What's that mean?" I'm like, "He's bringing reinforcement. They're coming in from everywhere." Right. I'm like, "There's probably thousands of ships that are coming to Etheria," right. and my daughter's eyes went wide, and she goes, "They're not going to win." And I go, "That's why we got to watch the next season. Right. I, I I don't know how they're going to win. I don't know what's going to happen." And you know, like I think what 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 this is always going to amount to for me is always going to be Shira's tale is something that I feel should be a darker and more adult tale to Absolutely. tell because of her, her uh, childhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, she's kidnapped and they don't even get into that in this, which drives me no. up the wall too. Yet more, more questions without <sighs> answers. Um, but she, she was kidnapped yep. and then she's brainwashed through sorcery and through Horde act to become a servant of the evil horde. Yeah, super and soldier. It, it basically super soldier. And even in like the DC comics with the despair stuff, she's going out and conquering, wearing a mask to show this is the man who's conquering you. It's Hordak. I'm in his likeness and I'm his daughter and I'm coming to destroy you because the Horde wants whatever they want from your people Mm -hmm. and your planet. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're conquering. And, you know, it's like she's not somebody that I equate to having a lovey dovey easygoing, happy kind of a existence. She's somebody that has done and seen some stuff. And that should be something that would be a heck of a compelling story to tell of her with the redemption arc and all this stuff. And in my opinion, the, the part of the, the show that they wanted to recapture more than anything was the pastel colors. They wanted to capture that eighties flavor more and turn it into something palatable for younger children like my daughter who's eight and you know that's more in her wheelhouse of this is the kind of stuff she likes Mm -hmm. but it's like no you could do some pretty deep dark stuff with this and here we like you said the villains don't add up in this at all no and 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 like you know hordak they they had a line about him in this season that was a perfect sum up of it you know, well, what was Hordak like? Well, mostly he'd just growl and he'd say, get out. Yeah. And that's basically what he was. Right. There really isn't much you had from him that could make you go, wow, that is somebody I want to see her go up against. I mean, the the last few times I remember seeing him, he's like crawling around half yeah, he's, dead. He's weak and Cassius taken over. And uh, yeah, it's like, 
Ah, the the only season he was good in was the first, but that's because we didn't see him. He was the man in the shadows. He was, he was the big question mark. And then once we saw him, he was one of those characters where, for a lot of us, we were like, yeah, Hordak just showed up, you know? And right. it, it gave you that, like, this could go somewhere. This same, could be great. Same with Shadow Weaver. She was a powerful sorceress in the first season. Then she got all her powers taken away, and she's basically just been she's been hanging out with the rebels since season two. Like she yeah. she is one of the longest tenured rebel members at this point. Yeah, um, and she it's true yeah. she's been untrustworthy and stuff, but she hasn't done anything incredibly evil. I mean, she could have slit their throats all in their sleep at any point here, and game over. Agreed, um, and and other and, shows probably would have gone there. And like the, other shows would have done it. At the end of the day, basically, she was. She apologized to Catra, and she saved her and Adora, and, like, there's her redemption. I was so sick of redemption arcs by the end of this season. Like, it, it, it's it's unbelievable. And that's the thing, because She-Ra is supposed to be a show about redemption. The one character that should be the whole redemption arc, she was just, like, she found a sword, and now she's good. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and... I, I, I promise, Sean, I won't tangent too long, but I've got to now. Um, I will have my beer. <laughs> and I know Sean's sick of hearing me talk about it, but the secret identity adds so much to She-Ra's story. It adds so much because it's it's forcing everybody to... To trust Shira, but they're not going to trust Adora. And there's so many places you can go with this. We've talked about this. I've since I think our first episode or second episode, I've we've talked about the secret identity on on our podcast here, and that secret identity for for Adora means so much more even than Adam because it's not only a way for her to be you know protect the identity, you know they don't won't take her out when she's Adora. But it's it's a chance for Adora to get people to accept her for her. You know, it's too mm-hmm. easy for her to go in front in season one to go in front of Queen Angela and everybody else and go, I'm She-Ra. And they're all like, oh, cool, she's She-Ra. Like, she's totally trustworthy because she changes into She-Ra. And then it's just like, and then by episode three, it's like, okay, it's cool. X-Horde soldier just wandering around Bright Moon. We have no problem with this because she's got a sword and she's She-Ra. And whereas if you keep the secret identity intact, then you've got She-Ra. And imagine Dora going through, after everything else she's been through, now she's got to go through, at, when she's transformed as She-Ra, everyone's like, yeah, She-Ra, you're the best. And then when she goes back to Adora, there's, you know, Glimmer and Bo are probably pretty cool with her because whatever, you can character build every once she saved them, whatever. There, she proves somehow to them she's trustworthy. But she's still got the entire kingdom to get on her side. People always casting glances. Something goes wrong. Imagine that Double Trouble storyline where Adora has a secret identity and all that stuff's going wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you've got everybody going, well, you know, stuff's going weird. The Horde's getting word of our plans. We have an ex-Horde soldier sitting at the council table every day, you know. Yeah. And it really makes her have to earn And she knows she has to because she's done bad things. I mean, yes, this show didn't really show it. They they pretty much said she went right from boot camp to, you know, finding the sword. 
But, you know, in Filmation, obviously shied away from actually getting the specifics of what she did. But she served the evil horde. She's got some stuff to atone for. And to me, that's, that's, uh, and that, that's all culminated in the secret of the sword. When she goes, when she's in the chamber, she sees He-Man's life force draining. And she, she's, you know, what woke me up? Why am I here? And the sword starts glowing and the sorceress appears and she tells her, you know, you have a family. You were taken. It's, you know, it's not your fault. You can make amends. You have a mother. You have a father. You have a twin brother that's right in front of you and he needs you. And Adora taking that sword of protection and looking at it. You know, Sorceress's parting words are, for the honor of Grayskull Adora. It just, it means so much here. It's, it's, it's Adora, it's Sorceress, come on, don't let Grayskull be wrong. You're chosen, you're the chosen one, you and Adam. And you've done terrible things so far, but it's not too late. For the honor of Grayskull, do the right thing. And in Secret of Sword, Adora picks up that sword and she says to herself, for the honor of Grayskull. And nothing happens that first time. It's not until, it's it's the same moment that we finally get in Season 5, but it means so much more because she's holding that sword and, you know, He-Man slumps down, the magnum beams full, fully charged, and in that moment, same thing. You see that look on Adora's face, she's not confused, she's not afraid anymore, she sees, my brother needs me. This planet needs me for the honor of Grayskull. And the tr- that's when the transformation kicks in. And it's so powerful, culminating in the I am She-Ra. Because it's her accepting, I've done bad things, I can make them right now. And that needs to be earned. And I really thought with this series coming out and knowing it was going to be, you know... Very continuity heavy that we were going to get that redemption arc, and we don't. We just don't, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, I, like I said, that that transformation is it's it's one of the most potent ones of all time for me. Right. For that reason, you know, like you you know the underlying things of everything that's happening in that moment. And, you know, when, when you hear her say my brother, you know, yeah. right before she says it, there, there's that, you know, it's it's all clicking for her. And yes. the, the, the magical veil is gone. And now she's like, this is who she she needed to be all along. I mean, to me, they they couldn't go to the He-Man well, the Masters no, well and no, all that. Absolutely not. But, That's not even what I'm I'm not even advocating no, for that. I just want to put that out there. Well, I, but what I'm, what I was going to say though is, in in a different way, what they could have done in this whole, the whole show to me, mm-hmm. is her defending different areas, which she kind of does. Yeah, they get there's into a little bit. Yeah, and and she kind of does, but I feel like there there could have been a way where maybe you know she, it, it, like you said, the dual identity. Maybe she's doing stuff to help people. And they're seeing it's this horde, you know, this person who was a horde commando or whatever, you know. And so there is a tendency if she's trying to help people and people are running from her and they're running into bigger trouble in the middle of all these things. And that's the moment where she's like, I got to get out of here. I got to, 
you know, like I'm not helping these people and she's running into the forest and doing the, you know, yeah. for the honor of grace school and everything. But, you know, I think the major payoff in a moment like that, the, this show it subverts a lot of what I yes. wanted to see in a superhero Shira show, mm-hmm. because, you know, the one thing that they could play out. They're so worried about Etheria. They're so worried about the people of Etheria and all that stuff. And then with the the plot device that you have of Horde Prime in this, and he's yeah. they call it chipping. He's yeah. chipping everybody. Yep. So there's villages now that are turning into Horde Prime, and he's controlling them as you know extensions of himself. And now they're like zombies, and they're Horde zombies basically which, at this point. Which, which was actually the original idea behind the Horde. That's where the whole chest emblem thing came from. Is that was going to be Mattel's thing? Is like all those chest emblems were removable, and that's like what controlled Grizzlor and Leech and everybody, huh. and, and put them. In service to Hordex, so did not know that. Yeah, that's the, cool. So I actually like that. I actually like that plot. I, I mm-hmm. thought it was a good one. But go on. Well, I I just like the idea that you know if you had this person who's seeking redemption, and it's the the main thing that they went to right off the bat was the best friend squad thing. Yeah, and that completely took a lot of the the weight out of a redemption story because all of a sudden it's everybody's hugging. Everybody's got the anime happy eyes and they're they're glistening and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't give a crap one way or the other if it's an anime the way that they did it. They could have done some deeper stuff with the story without going to all the happy stuff that they did at times. And some of that should have been when Adora's going and helping the others and doing these raiding missions or something or going in to meet another princess. And then the princess has to be um, has to be convinced to join the princess mm-hmm. um what was it the princess council or whatever they're alliance. trying to build alliance thank you i knew i said it earlier and i could not think of what the name was because great um, great rebellion is just too awesome of a name <laughs> <laughs> but but i think i think see basically the way i was hoping it was gonna go and this is granted it's subverting me yep. being who i am uh, versus what they had planned, and I understand that. But at the end of this, I like the idea that he's chipping people, and there's these horde zombies basically out of yeah. villagers and yeah. out of their friends and everything. And the idea that he might be using those as a way of saying, all these people are under my control, and you need to come back. It's yeah. the idea of, I'm having them draw you to me because you are horde, and mm-hmm. now they're horde because you won't come back, right. you know, and it's almost that whole the it's 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 the cat and mouse game in that way. And the idea that he's using the fear of these people seeing her yeah. and knowing what she did as the the poison to them. And he's poisoning the well over and over with her. So by the time you get to the part where the two of them get to go head to head, then all of a sudden. Maybe her her big moment when she – like you're, you're saying about the yeah. dual identities. Well, the dual identity for me in this, it's like if they did the dual identity leading up to that point, her actually doing the transformation in front of everybody and mm-hmm. finally – like all bets are off. She's got to do this. Yeah. That's the moment it breaks him away from everybody because now she's using that power. It's mm-hmm. for the honor of Grayskull. The good is coming back. She's Shira, and that's her "I am Shira" moment, right. where it's 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 good old Cap doing Avengers 
assemble, you yeah. know? And then suddenly the rest of Etheria is like they get pitches to, you know, or, or yeah, pitches. They get, <laughs> they get torches, they get the pitchforks yeah. and all that stuff. And it's like every villager is coming to this and they're realizing this woman in disguise has been protecting them throughout this whole right. situation and they're on her side and they're accepting of her finally. And that's her redemption. Or she'd look around yeah. and she's seeing people she rescued in season one mm-hmm. and they're, there just smiling at her. And, and it's like, it's like, you know, that you're the hope we've needed all along. And it came in the form of this person we couldn't trust. And we were wrong. You've right. been fighting for us all along through this. That would have been, amazing yeah. and again subverting so it's like i'm not a writer on the show i'm not i don't have any Me clout either, or whatever man. but the one thing i will say and this is probably going to be the beginning of me ending divisive here mm. is it just like it it, it turned into it, well, it turned for on. me are, are you going where i think you're going already i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Are you jumping I mean, to the big ending or no? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm not jumping to the big ending. I'm, I'm just going to do an overall thing. And for me, okay. yeah. it, it's doing what a lot of things are doing lately that are driving me crazy. And it is becoming the the writers are basically letting the fans dictate this is what we want to see as these things are developing. Mm-hmm. And they just said, fanfic it. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, And it's just that sort of a feeling throughout this season where I'm like – None of this added up to what you gave me leading up to this point, and, and here we are. And let's, <laughs> let's talk about that a minute, because like like you said earlier, and for me too, the big thing about this was okay, we should finally get answers to this kind to some of these lingering questions. You know, where did Adora actually come from? Yes, Light Hope pulled pulled her through a portal when she was an infant. Okay, but where did she come from? Um. And it's the same thing, and I, I, I hate it when, you know, I didn't like it when Multiverse subverted our expectations where they took out Filmation He-Man and didn't allow Adam to transform during the actual, you know, crisis of the issue. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't like it when it's done here, where we find out, okay, you know, well, we don't find out anything about Dora's fame. They never broached subject at all. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the first ones, we find out from Horde Prime that he wiped them all out decades ago, generations ago. Um, so all anyone who would have the answers is dead, you know. Yeah. And, and here again, I don't like the first ones being painted as villains in this series. I really think that there. Here's another per- thing that I really expected there to be not a redemption arc, but there. I thought there was going to be some sort of explanation, like. You know, something was misunderstood. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regarding the whole first one's mystery. Because how do you take the the original benevolent founders of, of Etheria, you know, from the from vintage, and mm-hmm. turn them into, like, the big villains of the series? Like, on par with Horror yeah. Prime. Like, that's not... No. It, it well, and and you and I talked about this, and I, I get to say it now because you said it earlier. It's Smallville did, yeah. because on Smallville they had that really cool moment that I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, in I think it was season two where Clark's trying to decipher the Kryptonian language, and he finds out that the message from Jor-El yeah. 
was he was sent to conquer Earth. Right. And I love that that completely shut down him wanting to do anything more because he didn't want to be the person to conquer us. He felt like he was just here to help, which is what Superman's about. And that's exactly what they did here, where they smallville it and they just turned it into, okay, here's here's something that you think you know, but we're going to turn it into something that's evil about it now. So now, oh, crap, you know. Even Smallville ended up kind of retconning. Well, not really retconning, but they they got Jor-El to a better place by the end of that series. No, I I agree. And that's what I was (laughs) expecting for this. Like, okay, so we've got the conflict here, but eventually Adora is going to realize, oh, wait, we were wrong about this. Or Mara mm-hmm. was wrong about it. Whatever you needed to do. Like, there should have been yeah. some sort of explanation there. But no, like, everything we saw in Hero, that's it. That's mm-hmm. all you get, folks. Um, and I did, you know, I did go back and I rewatched Hero today. And and there there is some stuff I mi- either missed before or I didn't, I didn't, Real or I didn't remember when I was watching this season. Um, but still, okay. Now, and here, here's here's a big part. Here's where what really took me out. So, so part way through this final season, you know, I, hopefully everyone remembers. Hero was the episode with Mara in it. We learned about how how she put Etheria into Despondos because the first ones were going to destroy, you know, the whole universe which is basically mm-hmm. what Horde Prime wants to do here, you know, in this season. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, she meets Madame Rez, and they have their things and everything. Um, and they're, they're, one of the things that bugged me in this season is we find out that the sword is meaningless. Like, it never amounted to a hill of beans because Adora can transform without the sword, we find out. And she creates her own sword. That new sword that she's holding is not... It's not a reforged sword of protection. It's not... We don't even see that broken sword of protection past, like, the... Well, when they go into space. Yeah. Once they go into space, that's it. You never see the sword of protection again. So for four seasons now, she's been using this thing to transform, and it's meaningless. She can do it anytime she wants... That new sword, which is a very nice design. I really like the design of the new sword. Agreed. It's not even really a sword. It's it's a Green Lantern-type projection. That, it's a construct, yeah. Yes, that, that uh, Adora makes. Um, and it's funny because going back and... We were actually told last season, Sean, uh, Raz specifically says... Uh, Mara, Mara questions... Uh, she says something about the sword... And Raz specifically says, "Sword? You don't need a sword to become Shira. Shira's inside of you." That, that's see, I missed that that's one. There you literally go. Literally, the quote from <laughs> Madame Raz. <laughs> um, so I guess some of my questions were answered if I would have just rewatched the entire series again. But it, at least one more time. <laughs> but even then, so okay, so and then Mara says, "No, the first ones gave me the sword so that I become Shira. I was chosen." by the first ones to become She-Ra, you know, and go on this mission. And, uh, okay, so, and we know from Mara's talking that she's the first one to come to Etheria. Um, This is the first time the first ones have been on here. And then Raz tells her, oh, no, She-Ra's been here long before you got here. 
So, which is it? And that's that's one of the biggest problems with the show. It's it, they never explain which it is. So Raz is saying Shira has been on Etheria for a lot longer than Mara, but Mara's got the sword from the first ones that allows her to become Shira. But then the sword's not even necessary to become Shira, and we get no answers mm-hmm. to any of this. Yeah, and that was the stuff that for me was that was that was the meat and potatoes of watching this series was some of those moments like that. And the Raz episode and everything, I was like, this is the stuff I want to find out. And instead, you know, the other stuff, it's like, I I can't take half of that seriously. Let's talk about the the mythology here is interesting because it can't be connected. So how are they creating this on, on its own? They're doing their own foundations here. And, you know, for people like us, it's just like, Oh, when you get to the final episodes, yeah. you're like, oh, and that's the, well, and that's what kills we don't know. It's, and that's the fact that they don't explain it. That's what kills me. At least give me an explanation, yeah. even if I don't like it. Um, Manny does say that he can see why you're drinking because this show is horrible. Uh, <laughs> I I said I was going to break out a couple beers on this one. I couldn't resist, so, and it is. Yeah. So, okay, so you got that mystery. It's never explained. And then... The whole time Mara's talking to Raz, and I just rewatched this episode, so I know what I'm talking about. She's talking about her and Light Hope on this mission. The first one's made the heart of Etheria. Her and Light Hope are here to, you know, finalize it. No one else has ever shown. No one else has ever mentioned. They're not. There's no ambiguity about it. That's the thing, because she she specifically says, you know, it's me and Lighthold. Multiple times. Mm-hmm. There, there's no one else. And so then we get into, which you just rewatched the episode in season five, with where Bo goes to check on his dad's, right? I, I rewatched it to understand the one right. part, because you're going to bring it up here. Well, so. I want you to bring that part up. So now we get All to right, season well, five. Well, it was it was season two actually. I think or end of season two. Okay, well that's or something okay. Like you're that, talking about where, the hero part. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the part I'm talking. Okay, about. we'll go over yeah. that and then we'll jump to season five where we um, fully mess this thing up. Okay, all right, that's my fault because I I was just going back to that. I forgot about the season five part, but no, yeah, you're they, good. It just because the whole story together, it's it's all. Brr. So go ahead. Yeah, and and, and so like you know, his his dad was saying how. This um, they they found out about this Shira, but really it wasn't Shira; it was Hera. Yeah, and she's riding on dragons and all this other stuff, and that she fought for with the power of Grayskull. Mm-hmm. And that I re- I wanted to rewatch that just to hear those lines again because I was like, wait a yeah. minute, and it, it was right. Like somebody pointed that one of the groups, like, well, what's that all about? Right, with everything else that they they dropped here. Then they talk about this is in the lineage or the history of of the character, and it never was brought up either. It's one more mm-hmm. okay. Here's this little nugget, and now we're dropping yeah. it. You know, and so they've they've got they've got Mara becoming Shira, riding on dragons and and fighting mm-hmm. for Etheria and all that, which doesn't gel with what we see here. Um, yep, because there's no evil on Etheria at this point. Like they're the first ones are using Etheria to harvest its magic so they can turn it into a super weapon. 
but there's not evil on Etheria. Um, and then we get to this season where Bo goes to check on his dads and he finds them in some ruins and they find their, you know, all this stuff about Mara and everything that just completely contradicts the season four episode. I'm sorry, it does. They're all of a sudden they're talking about how she had uh Mara Shira had a band of rebels that fought against an evil tyrant on Etheria and basically said and they even I think they even specifically say like they went through the same thing we did. And it's like but they didn't. We saw that. Mm-hmm. And then they go, oh yeah, and she had this whole group of rebels with her, and they play uh, an old uh, message, uh, uh, yeah. audio message from this team of rebels that were supporting Mara, and they're like, oh Mara, we we created the failsafe to you know shut down the heart of Etheria, and it's it's hidden in Acrisia, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to get here, you know, and, and it's showing that, like, this is supposedly taking place while, you know, the whole, when the heart was being activated back in Mara's time. And then they, they go, you know, signing off, Grayskull Squadron. So, apparently, Adora's been doing it for the honor of this rebel team that supported Mara and was trying to find a way to shut down the heart of Etheria is what basically we're led to believe at this point. Yeah. But the first ones gave Mara the sword and Mara said for the honor of Skull. To transform. So Mara was doing it for the honor of her own team? Yep. (laughs) And here again, Uh, no other team is mentioned last season. And then here, oh yeah, they were working on this failsafe the whole time. Whereas Mara even says, I watched this episode, Mara even says, oh, I didn't find out until it was too late what the heart's really for. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Because she comes to Raz's doorstep and she's already got, you know, she get they get all the symbols on them when the heart's being activated, the Shira does. Yep. And so it's already being activated. She got the symbols on here and she's saying, "I just found out." And we're led to believe, yeah, over in when it turns out to be in Mysticore, over in Mysticore her team's like, "Huh? What? It's what? Okay, hang on." All right, we got a fail safe. Come on by. Like Mhm. No, no, it doesn't. The timeline doesn't work. It doesn't Mm -hmm. fit with what you just did a season ago. Unless, Sean, can you make that fit? No. And that's (laughs) like basically like as as much as I'd like to be creative with that, I can't. And, you know, it, it that was a huge part of why for me, like everybody who's saying this is a masterpiece, this is this, this is that. I just keep on going like. I don't see it like you do, and I have way too many questions of things that either were let go, dropped, hinted at, and then never never gone back to. It's like I said um, privately, this, this show does have the feeling of it's like lost to me mm-hmm. because they bring in all these things at times, and you're only going to get the payoff of 
one or two of those things if you're lucky and you're going to get a whole bunch of answers that you didn't even really need and you're still going to be going well who was the smoke monster all along yeah. you know or and granted i know they they kind of figured that out or but when you found out the answers to some of yeah. those mysteries you were just like what yeah. like that's what that is you know and and, and that's kind of how i felt watching this final season and you know like i i don't know I don't know if it was, you know, a, a thing of okay, let's let's do everything we can to just end it, mm-hmm. and or whatever, because I, I don't feel like they tied up every loose end that I was invested in, and and granted, it wasn't aimed at me, so that tie, was part they didn't of the tie thing. Up like, any of the loose ends? Well, here's here's the other problem I have with it. Like the show itself, it, it's it's aimed at like the the rating is seven. Yeah. All right. Okay. With everything that happens on that show, how is a seven-year-old keeping track? My yeah. my daughter was invested in when when all those ships were at the end of season four, and when I started explaining to her because I, I found on on uh, wherever it was there was an interview or something where they started talking about here's what Horde Prime is for this yeah. show, and Horde Prime is this thousands of years old conqueror and tyrant and this stuff. So I explained that to her. I explained to her the idea of like the horde itself and how many ships that means come into uh, Etheria. That alone was enough for her to break into it in dinner. Like the one night with my wife, who my wife is just like, this is you and your dad's thing. I'm not even getting my foot in this. And she goes, Mommy, did you know Horde Prime's thousands of years old and he has thousands of ships and they're about to go after Etheria and Shira's the only person who can stop them? And my wife just looks at me and she goes, I did not know that, honey. <laughs> and and I'm just standing there going, and the show starts tomorrow. We're going to find out how this ends. And then by the time I get to the ending, I'm like, I didn't find out how any of this ends. No. <laughs> so, so those are the big mysteries that bugged us. And let's just get into it. Let's, 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 we're running on about, I don't know, probably about two hours now. The whole... At the, at the end of the day, you know, Horde Prime had a good... Uh, he had a good plan, you know, enslaving in theory and, and, you know, bending everyone to his will. I like that. I like I liked the final battle where they had to go up against all the evil versions, you know, or the enslaved mm-hmm. uh, rebel characters and, you know... I did like that. I liked all the the horde clones teleporting down. Like the actual battles at the at those in that final two parter, uh, they were well done and they they were exciting. But mm-hmm. like I said, it was all the pitfalls along the way getting there, the drag yeah. out, the lack of explanation, and then you know we find out that the whole point of the whole story was just. Adora trying to find someone to love. Yeah. And, and you know, and this is what Sean was alluding to earlier when, when, he's, when he was talking, you know. And, and I, I, you know, for, for one, you know, I, I didn't like what they did to Seahawk in this series. I thought he had... He was a very strong filmation character, and he was a great love interest for Adora. 
So of course, there's always going to be a part of me that's beholding to the past. And that's, you know, hate me for it if you want, but that's, you know, there are certain tenants that I feel reboots need to follow, you know, and, and for, you know, you got to keep the characters true to themselves. And for me, one of, you know, you know, He-Man, Adam has his Tila, his sorceress, his man-at-arms. Uh, you know, She-Ra should have her Seahawk, her Bow, her Glimmer, her Madam Raz, her Cowl, like. And and so right off the bat, they well, they eliminated half those characters, really, or completely changed them. Um, but basically, the, the end of this season, the wrap-up is all about falling in love. It's about Adora and Catra professing their love for each other. It's about Glimmer and Bo professing their love for each other. Seahawk and Mermista professing their love for each other. Hordak and Entrapta professing their love for each other. That's what it all boils down. That's why we don't we they don't go into the family. They don't go into the mysteries of Etheria, the mysteries of the first one. All we're focused on at the end here is these relationships, these couples. And, and that's what Sean was alluding to earlier when he said, yeah, it's like they just took, you know, shipping's a big thing right now. It's, oh, yeah. It's, it, well, it has been for a while. I mean, uh, Supernatural, that was on for 20 years, and that, that, well, they've been it, shipping it, that thing the whole way through. For at least, yeah, for at least <laughs> 10 to 15 years, that's been a thing. And, and that's fine. Here we are. That's fine. The fans, you know, they can have it, you know, I just don't think in a, in a show aimed for kids that this is the place to go this in-depth. And it, it doesn't, it still doesn't feel earned. Like, there's no, especially the Bow and Glimmer one. Honestly, that was the biggest one where I'm going, like, dude, there's, like, nothing has happened up to this point to make you feel that they have any more feelings for each other besides friendship. You know, and then all of a sudden they're professing their love for each other as, you know, Horde Prime is invading. It just, it, it, it felt forced. It all did. You know, Catra's, like I said, Adora's redemption arc was cut short way back in season one. Catra's redemption arc is because she told Adora that she loves her. And so now everyone's just like, okay, cool. She's awesome. She's a good guy. It's like, no, Catra did some horrible stuff in this series. If there was anybody I was hoping that was going to stay evil to the end, it was Catra. Like, she has been nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing but evil up until this point, you know? Yeah. And. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, No, finish up and then I'll jump in. Well, I was just saying, you know, and basically her whole redemption arc boils down to, well, if she loves Adora, then she has to be good. You know, and even Bo had a moment earlier in the season where like he's like, hey, does anybody remember that she threw me off a cliff? Like, when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're first starting to trust her, and it's like, thanks, Bo. Like, you're the only voice of reason here. Like, And he usually was. <laughs> that was one of the things that they at least carried through on the show was nine out of ten times, if he's on something, he's usually going, maybe we shouldn't do this or whatever. So I like that they kept that. Yeah. And, you know, that was a definitely a, a good part of his character throughout the series. But, yeah, agreed. Like He's like, don't we remember? This yeah. is somebody that we maybe don't want on our side right, right now. 
basically, all right. So that whole this this is a little bit of a sticky mess to to get into in yes. some ways. And you and I, we've already had our off camera stuff about like how how do we tread into this without doing something crazy here yes and i guess i guess i should have prefaced it with that you know if you if you love this ending and this is where you wanted it to end this whole time i'm happy for you i honestly i really am i'm glad that you got what you needed out of this um but it's just it's it's not where I needed it to go, and I just it didn't feel like where the show was necessarily going up to this point. And I, I agree uh, for that reason because it it never felt like it, it felt always like she, Adora was happy to be with her friends, mm-hmm. and every time she and Katra had any kind of moment, like especially when 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 Shira came out of the portal, yeah. That that Catra actually was trying to use, and she had that look. Mm-hmm. That was the moment where I'm like, "They're done. Right. They're, the, that bridge has burned. We're done." And she's choosing her friends, and she's moving on. And that moment just sealed the deal for me. And then all of a sudden, we're taking that moment and throwing that out the window as well. Yeah. And now here we are at the end with okay, and it. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having the actual uh, the the point or the 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 lesson right. being love wins in some ways to me. Like right. I, I'm not uh, against that idea because in this day and age, with all the craziness that's happening and all the humanity that's now becoming toxic through how many different reasons, right. there is an actually good message of that to convey to children, Mm -hmm. especially if they get to see the news and see like, this is the craziness that us adults are screwing up in this world. You might have a chance. And that, that was another thing about the show, not the tangent, but just here's these kids that are doing all this and the adults are not even doing a whole hell of a lot. And that's another thing that drove me nuts about the show. Um, but it's, it's like the, the love wins thing is not something I want to fight. That's never going to be something I'm going to, I'm going to call BS on, but, but it's, I think the, what I was going to say, it's got to be earned. Well, it's got to be earned, but also the, to me, there is, uh, I felt like there was, there was something that was really nagging at me about that choice of an ending. And mm-hmm. a lot of it comes from the simple fact Adora is trying to do right, right by everything. And she has her friends and the friends are supportive and they might have their moments where they're fighting. But at the end of the day, they're supporting each other and they're supporting their cause. And here she is with Katra, mm-hmm. who is doing everything in her power to be as evil and be one right. of the most evil pr- people on the entire show as possible. So I feel like there's an element of that's teaching the wrong lesson for the fact that here's somebody who is a toxic messed up individual who really needs help in a different way than just saying, I love you and kissing her. I felt like that is something that if that was me and I had an ex or I had somebody in my life, granted I wouldn't be married. I'd have to have somebody (laughs) else in this situation. But if I had somebody in my life who was that person, I can tell you out of just loving myself, 
I would need to leave that person because that is something where it's like you can give so much to somebody and the more that they are toxic to you and the more that they try to hurt you, the more – she was trying to hurt her on on so many different levels, right. physically, emotionally, mentally. Everything. And it's like it, there was so much abuse in that way to me on this show right. between the two of them that by the time you get to that ending – it's like that isn't going to solve your problem because she has deep-seated problems that have been there since you two were even kids. Right. They, they've shown in the flashbacks. Here's these moments where she's beating up the other horde uh, recruits and the, the cadets because she's jealous because Adora is spending time with them. They did it on this season, the whole, oh, yeah. well, we can be friends together. And she doesn't want anything to do with it because she won't let Adora have anybody else in her life. Hey. So here we now have the best friend squad of four people. Yeah. Who is Catra probably going to hate out of those people? Everybody. It's not Adora. Well, she's, <laughs> like you said, she's toxic to Adora, too. I mean, that that's really yeah. what the ending of the show equates to. It's like, okay, it, a toxic relationship is okay if at the end of the day they say, I love you. Mm-hmm. No. And then what? Like it's that. later that night. It, yeah. Like later that night, then Ador- when Adora shows up right. and she has a black eye or something, which it's a kid's show. They're not going to go there. But in my head as an adult, I'm watching this just kind of going, but, yeah. that that's just not something that you necessarily want to show to a kid and just go, just that is enough to go. You're good. And it's going to solve all your problems. That's not the answer all the time. And that really, it was it was not like you said it wasn't earned but it was also just not handled in a way where i felt like it even respected the lead up to everything in that last season now what i did like i liked honestly going the other way i really liked uh and it's funny because i was talking to you when i was earlier in the season and i mentioned that you know we never got to focus on natasa and spinnerella this whole time and actually, they got some hefty stuff this season, and mm-hmm. that was some really good relationship stuff. Like that was, you know, yes. Tasa, you know, Spinnerella gets chipped pretty early in the season, and Tasa's having to deal with, you know, my love, the love of my life is turned evil. I've got to fight her. We know each other so intimately. We know each other's weaknesses. Like there, yeah. there's some good stuff there. I was yeah. enjoying that. Um, and that was one of those moments where, like, at the end when they're having their confrontation and she does the, I'm not giving up on you. It's like, right. that makes sense. But, like, Adora ran away from Catra. And Adora's been away from her for all this. And then in the in that time, yeah. you get to see the amount that Catra will go to to do all these horrible things and kick people out of her life left and right. So even if she gets Adora in the end, yeah. I don't think Adora and her are going to have all that amazing no. of a relationship. And I know, there's probably, well, I know there's probably people out there that are going to say to me, you know, well, you know, no relationship's perfect. But there's no relationship's perfect. There is no relationship that's perfect. But you shouldn't start a relationship with somebody who is going to do half the crap that Catra did <laughs> and figure saying I love you and kissing her is the only thing that's going to mend everything like I said, that moment of her coming through that portal and knowing what Catra was about to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to, like eliminate the reality or whatever, that was enough for me to just go like Shira and Adora both have seen this is what this girl is willing to go to. She's done. Right. And it's like, well, where the heck did that come from then? 
and and I, I'm sure I've read how many places you know people were like, oh, we we were seeing it from the beginning, or we were hoping from the beginning this would happen. And I'm just like. Everything I saw about Catra just made me go, my God, if my kids were in a relationship like that, I'd be telling them constantly, get away. Right. Don't do this to yourself. Like, find somebody who's going to be supportive and who's not going to make you feel like garbage at the end of the day, you know? And and, and I will say, I, I do agree now. Now that the show is over, looking back, I'm like, okay, yes, this is what they were all leading to was the Adora and Catra romance. Um, but it just, it that doesn't make it better. Like, it's, it's, it's actually a detriment to the earlier seasons now, I think, like you said, to go through all that stuff and just to know, like, yeah, they're just building to so that they can get together at the end. And it's like, no, like I said, that kind of stuff belongs on a soap opera. Like, that's, you know, and we keep getting told, you know, this show's not for us. This show's not for us. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Is it, though? Like, when no. when your main storyline, looking back on it, is a toxic relationship that where they end up together, um, and you felt in the season. Uh, I, mm-hmm. You know, it's the funny thing. Sean finished it. I'm sending him these messages like, hey, did you, did you notice that, like, you know, they're really playing up like the Dora and Catra yep. thing this season. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, they're not going to go. Like, I can't believe like they're going to like go there, you know, and he's probably just sitting there laughing his butt off the whole time. Like, yeah, they're going there, buddy. <laughs> I, um, I will, I would like to at least say I tried my best not to let anything slip until did. you got to see. He and I know it. there were times where I alluded to elements that might be one way or the other, but by that point, I think you were like, I kind of know where this is going and stuff. But you were, you were like, oh, I'm on the part one of this heart thing. I think I know where I, I and like, I think this is it because there's no way they put another episode after a two parter. Yeah, like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, so. it's just it's 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 disappointing that you're, you know, okay, you want to say that you know the old school fans' opinions don't matter because this is a show for kids, and yet your big story arc. For kids is a toxic relationship where they end up together. Like mm-hmm. that's, just, that's not right to me. That it should have been Adora's redemption culminating in the battle with Hordak Horde, slash Horde Prime um, for for the sake of the universe. Like that mm-hmm. just make a good, compelling children's show. Like that's, yeah. that's all you needed. Um, the other thing I was surprised about, one, one last thing here, um, Queen Angela, she really died, huh? Yeah, she really died. I, I really thought she was coming back by the end of this. I I was actually happy that they stuck something, though. I was Because, like, her sacrifice in that one, I, I'll admit, like, yeah. when she sacrificed herself, I actually did have a couple tears watching that part. So I'm like... As a as a parent, that mm-hmm. rang really true to me watching that. The whole, you know, she's trying to protect her child, and she was the only one that could do that. Fine, that was great. Um, and and like I told you today, actually, one of my one of the parts that got me emotionally even this season was Glimmer versus her father. Yeah, I thought that was a really really nicely done moment because I liked that she basically does the you know I learned how to love and I knew. 
And she's like, I learned stubborn from you and all yeah. that. And she's just like walking through all that darkness to get at him to do her rune, yep. um, sorcerer rune thing. Yep. And then boom. And, and the, the way they did that whole buildup and even wrote the dialogue there, mm-hmm. that one just hit home for me. I was like, man, that, that was, that was some good stuff. Um, but yeah, I was really glad they didn't they didn't negate that death because man, that it's like you know we're we're already having enough problems with some of this stuff, and then we're it's like and now people are just coming back from the dead on top of this. You know? I was just surprised because I don't know, it just I really thought that they were going to you know, um, but yeah, no, like I said, that that whole final the whole final battle was mm-hmm. good, the one outside of the the crystal castle and everything. Even then, they never really explained the Crystal Castle. You know, I mean, it's, nope. it's, it's Light Hope. Light Hope didn't get her redemption arc. You know, I mean, it's... No. But well, Capture's uh, good now. Yeah, and <laughs> that, that I can't help it. It's it, it just stinks to be a fanfic, no matter what I do right now. Like, it does. It's, I, it's, I don't... That's what it felt mm-hmm. like at the end. It's like, okay, we need to get this couple together, this couple together, this couple together, and this couple together. Check, check, check. All right, we're good. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, there's been more than enough, uh, you know, like fan art pieces done that have alluded to people or hoping sure. that would be how it all works out and all that stuff. And it's like, all right, fine. I get it. We're in that age and all that stuff. But I feel and like fan art's great. Well, well, no, <laughs> it is. But I feel like we're in an age where I don't want me as a person like I, I was sitting there saying this is how I'd like to see it done mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm right you right. know and it doesn't necessarily mean that nope. service the nope. story the way that it needed to like when um, when I went into Avengers Endgame for instance mm-hmm. I said here are the three things that I need out of this movie and if they do these I'm thrilled the first one was I needed Cap to get a shield back the second was I wanted to hear Cap say Avengers Assemble and the third one was I really hope that Peggy and Steve got their dance because of how Captain America, the first Avenger, yeah. ended. Sure. I did not expect all three to win. Right. And how all that would play out. I figured at least Avengers Assemble was going to be the best I had going into that because there's no way that you're going to do this and not have him say at least say it once. Right. We've been waiting, you know. So, you know, it's like I went in with those hopes but I wasn't projecting it to the point where it became fan art or all this other mm-hmm. stuff. I just was like, please just do these things. That right. would be awesome. And I, it's like, they don't owe me anything. Nope. These are corporate entities. These are things that it's, these are corporate controlled and they have an, a, a way they want to see it done. Absolutely. And so in that way, this ending to me just kind of was like, I, it, it didn't, it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It didn't do anything that made me feel like there was any other plan going into the season. Then we need to do that right. finale this way because we're giving the fans what they want. And I'm like, maybe the fans don't need what they want in certain circumstances. Maybe they need to have something that leaves a little more weight to them in a, in a yeah. different way or whatever. And I mean, I don't know. That's just me, I think. And it's not... It's it's never going to be a I I'm not a fan of of you know the the actual implications or wh- whatever you want to call it of mm-hmm. that sequence. It's always just going to be like I, just, I like you said it felt unearned and it, there's just this element to it of you know there's too many reasons why that moment should not have been a good moment. It yeah. it, it just 
there, there was too much, too much toxicity to make me believe that was the right decision. So looking back on it as a whole, and you know, we only scratch the surface here, but I, I, I think we've hit most of our major points, our major issues. Um, but looking back at the series as a whole, like I said, my big problem is just from beginning to end, you don't feel like anything's really changed. You don't feel like anything's really earned. Nothing even matters on a theory up until Horde Prime shows up. Like, because these villains just aren't villains in the right sense. And that, that's a problem across all media. They always want these sympathetic villains now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just need a real mean guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, for yeah, go ahead. I, I'm also just getting a little tired of the villains saying they're going to rewrite reality and just destroy everything too. Because that too. yes, that yes. that was another. It was it was part of the ending of Ultron, yeah. the the legendary defender, and it was also part of uh, again going back to Endgame. Endgame, yeah. I mean, for Christ's sake, that's what that's what well, Thanos said when he was fighting <laughs> Tony and Cap and, and Thor. It's, <laughs> it's, it was part of Trolls World Tour. I mean, it's just it's everywhere. That's it's, true too. Yeah, we just watched <laughs> that one the other day. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. While I liked Horde Prime, I liked his clones and everything. He's, he's at least a more legitimate threat than Horde X Evil Horde. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but honestly. I, I just want to say I really like the design of the clones in this. I I, I was kind of surprised because I haven't been the biggest fan of a lot of the designs. But I I actually, the first episode when my daughter and I were watching that, I go, how do I not have a figure or two of those on my shelf right now? They actually look really cool. They were very Um, Mm wraith-like. The only thing Mm -hmm. I will say is I do wish that they had stuck with the black-red traditional Horde color scheme. But beyond that, like... It worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's Manny. Yes, we're getting there, Manny. Uh, <laughs> he, want, he wants to know if it's going to be question time before he passes out. Yes, so, it will be. We're uh, sorry. <laughs> no, uh, but honestly, looking back on the series as a whole, yes, there's some gems in here. There are some episodes I would gladly rewatch. There are some episodes we are going to discuss. So just because we kind of did this broad stroke thing, don't think that this... This is it for Netflix Shira for us. We will definitely dig in a little deeper like we normally do. It just with with all the binginess, we just we had to kind of do this. Yeah. But I think after all this time, uh, rating on the whole series as a whole from beginning to end. What you think, Sean? I already thought of this one, and I think I think I'll have to give it a seven. Honestly, and that's that's being a little liberal, but I there's elements of it that still to this day, I really want to go back and rewatch that I was impressed with, like the hero episode, the Raz episode. They did some stuff where if it would have paid off, I really would have been like, wow, like, holy crap. I wouldn't have figured they could have pulled it off without the He-Man connection. Yeah. And they would have had their own take on it. And there was still some good stuff here and there, but yeah, like I I can't go as low as six because they did do some things in the final season, like the new design of She-Ra and the the sword design I really thought was cool and the the Horde Prime stuff. I I actually was impressed, but yeah, eh. series series as a whole from beginning to end, I just, 
I got it. I got to go with three. Uh, mm. No, yeah, it's just wow. And, and, okay. and that's that's on me. I have just I have so much personal stake in Shira, so many memories of Shira that there was just too much subverting. There is too much that I felt wasn't true to these characters. Like I said, there are these certain tent poles that every character has. And I just, I felt too many of them were missing. Um, and there, like I said, there are some good episodes in there that I would definitely rank up, you know, eights, maybe even nines. Um, but as a whole, from beginning to end, just the, the unnecessary changes, the snubbing the nose at the 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 vintage fans, um, it just it takes it down for me. Hmm. Well, here's the other thing. Like, uh, I think an asterisk could be put on my seven for the simple <laughs> fact. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to change it based on what yeah. you just said. But the one thing I said to you today when we were talking is something that I have to actually use as a disclaimer here in my, in my uh, score. Mm -hmm. And it's just the simple fact that this to me will always be an Elseworlds tale. It will never be legit. Like the, I, I don't think that the word reboot is the best way to describe what this show is. I think it is a sidestep and that's kind of why the seven to me still works in that way. Because if this was legit, okay, this is going to be a reboot of filmation, and from the ground up, we're just going to. This is the Shira now, in the way that they, like they said that technically, but I feel <laughs> like the 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 connection being severed, yeah, does not equate to this being a full blown. This is Shira, and this is encompassing part of the Masters yeah. and the Princesses of Power universes in that way. So it will always be like an Elseworlds tale of. Now we get to see what it's like to have a new version of it. Right. But it, it to me, was never a reboot the, the way a reboot is done nowadays. No. It, and it, reboot should not be done like this again. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But we'll just leave it at that. So, uh, questions. Question time, Manny. You hung it. I can't believe you hung in and. On, in on this one, to be honest with you, because I I know how you feel about this show. So, um, but thank you, thank you. Yeah, much. we're hoping to get Thanks, more of Manny. this. So, um, and and Manny did say at one point there, I, I missed it, but he did say that he'd like to see more uh, live shows. Which that's the idea. Um, you know, we like I said, this one we didn't publicize too much because we it was a test run. We wanted to make sure everything was good. Uh, we got next week is going to be multiverse number six. Uh, we're going to do that one live. You can join us. And, a lot of uh, endings, huh? A lot of endings. A lot of endings. We did in endings. the last we did, two weeks. We did, we, we did a beginning, a new beginning. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, we did, and that, and now here we are man. at the end of Shira. Next week's the end of multiverse. It's like we're just cleaning house here, people. Absolutely. Crazy. Um. But yeah, so so yes, we we do hope to make this a regular thing. So hopefully, you know, and all you audio listeners, you know, one of these nights, if you're free when we're going on, come on over to YouTube, join us live. Um, we will start publicizing this from here on because everything looked good tonight. I mean, everything on my end looks awesome. So uh, this one, so we got a couple questions tonight from Manny. Uh, again, 
Uh, again, guys, if you have any questions, shoot us a private message. Uh, we'll throw a thread up usually a couple days before we record or join us live in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his first one is in the 2000 X series. What did you like about snake men? If anything, I liked many eps, but I wasn't a fan of the snakes. Sean, how do you feel about the snakes? I was one of those people where about halfway through season two, I'm like, Oh God, ditch this stuff. I, <laughs> I, I was, I was just after, after Zodak threw <laughs> King hiss off of the, parapet of gray skull mm. that was enough for me to go i'm good let's tackle something <laughs> else now the and and nobody knew we were gonna have the end of the series coming up yeah so that already it, it's like that's a sore spot for me going into that series is oh great so we had to focus on the snake men the whole time it yeah, we had a um, cu- we had a couple good no, 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 I know, but it's just, it, I really would have rather see the Horde show up or do some more, like, in-depth mythology yeah, episodes yeah. with that series. Um, I still think that the King Hiss actual look is really cool on that show. I like that. I like the, like, rat lore, and I, I thought Tongue Lasher looked really cool in that version. I know there's people that don't like those, mm-hmm. the, the amped-up versions, but I loved the, the oh, overall designs. Cool. I just felt the story just kind of wore itself out for me after a while, but I won't, I won't lie. He man got to fight a giant snake at the end of that thing. And that was actually a hell of a cool way for he man to have to end that Mm storyline. Cause that was like, that's the kind of stuff I was telling using my toys as a kid. Right. Like he was going up against these ridiculous things and that's why he's the most powerful man in the universe. He's the only one that can do this, you know? And so I appreciated that. No, I I liked them overall. Um, yes, the season itself dragged a little bit in the middle there when you weren't sure what the Snake Men were doing. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I liked how King Hiss has a different tactic. He was very patient, very sneaky. Um, he wasn't just a Skeletor clone, so that was nice. Um, you know, I liked how after their defeat at Grayskull there that they, they kind of regrouped and kind of went, literally went underground yeah. and, you know, built up their power and they, they accomplished their goals really before the heroes even knew what they were up to. Like, yeah. uh, so that, that was nice. I, I love the, the awaken the serpent. That is a great episode. Um, it just would have been nice. Like, like you said, to be a little shorter, uh, a little less laggy. Um, the designs look great though. And I love the, the army of snake men where it wasn't just the core characters, you know, agree, your generals, yeah. Um, I like that they had all the all those other guys too. So, um, and they they changed Man at Arms, which I thought was well. He changed everybody. Yeah, well, Man at Arms, Tila, and Mechanic. Yep. Yeah, and and that was one of those moments that I really enjoyed because you didn't see a lot of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff leading up to that point. I still think a big problem with that season is, is was a, it was only a half season, really. At that, it wasn't even a full season two. We only got thirteen episodes there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing about it is that it feels so snakeman because they had to condense everything to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I like them. I don't hate them as much as Sean does. Uh, they, they were uh, for me when I was a kid. It was it always felt like they started the the ideas were starting to come to an end because when you get to it, like here's an entire army. What are they? They're just snake people. Yeah. 
my imagination just went, that's it. Like <laughs> the horde was, was like crazy. And then you're telling me just snake people. And I've always had that in my head, no matter what. And yeah, I mean, we got snake armor, he, man, I enjoyed that, but Oh yes. Yeah. So, um, and Manny agrees with you. He would have preferred they either went horde or back to Skeletor as the main villain. So you and I, Manny I, are, are simpatico. Well, there we go. We're finally are because I know there's times with filmation <laughs> where I don't sync up with him. So it's nice that we have a common ground. But I will say one of the things that I actually appreciated with King Hiss was he actually conquered Skeletor for a time. It did, you know. And, oh yeah, that and was, that was the rise. That was something the, the rise two parter was amazing. That really got you yeah. pumped up for him. That that really was impressive because you didn't see many people get the one up on Skeletor very often on that show. And when that was happening, I love that whole, he's fighting against it. You could just tell he's just like, he's going to come back and he's just going to kill everything. And I'm like, that's my boy. That's, that's, that's Skeletor. That works. So, yeah. Um, and then his second question, which Manny, there was a little bit of confusion on here and I didn't even actually look at your questions until we were about ready to record. So I didn't have a chance to reach out to you. <laughs> We might be able to clear it up here. He asked, "Do you prefer Secret of the Sword or the Sword of Shira?" Um, as far as the Sword of Shira, are you referring to the Golden Book uh, Sword of Shira, or are you referring to basically the individual episodes? Because uh, I believe in that different intro for the first couple episodes before Shira is introduced, they call it the Sword of Shira. So we weren't quite sure. Um, uh, Sean did read the book, though. Well, Sean, what did you think of the book? Well, we're waiting well, for I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to finish it, but um, I did get to the book, and I actually was really enjoying the um, Fred Carrillo artwork uh, quite a lot. He's one of my favorites, so oh yes, I lo- I love I love his take on Masters, and I actually like that it is a more condensed version of Secret of the Sword. I. I know um, I know. there's plenty of people that love Secret of the Sword, but even as a kid in the movie theater, I remember there were moments where I was getting a little bored because the, there, were, there were definitely feeling – I knew later on it was set up to be um, the 30-minute episode or 20-minute episodes that would have been separated out to tell throughout the week and introduce people to Shira. I had no idea that that's how the movie was made. So that's why at times I was sitting there going, they're using the transformation sequence a ton in this movie. And I'm somebody that doesn't complain about that normally, but even as a kid, I'm like, boy, they're using this a lot, you know? And so I, I'm one of those people where I've always felt, you know, a more concise version of that. And I, if I remember right, Matt once said the, that Larry Dottilio had a different idea of how he would have written it if he was, if he knew that's how they were going to write it compared to the way it was written. So, so far I do like, um, the sort of Shira. I will say that. And it also, um, it also has one I, – I, I agree with Matt. He said it earlier. It has one of the more iconic Earl Norum shots of She-Ra and that, the whole like the sorceress in the clouds. And it's like alluding to you know it, the, the Eternia aspect of her past and the Etheria version of herself now and all that. So it's, it's definitely a gorgeous cover. 
if that's if that's what you meant. Um, so yeah, it's not. Well, let's just cut out all that part of the show. We're done. <laughs> Gotcha. All right. Well, I, I, I guess then if we're going with it the other way around, <laughs> I I don't even know. I don't have a good answer to that because I haven't watched them in, in, separately. But the one thing that I remembered when I was a kid, I saw it in the theater, and that was a big deal just because, holy crap, it's a He-Man movie in the theater. But it, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it, and people are going to give me crap, I'm sure. I always felt like it just didn't have that theatrical vibe. Like I, I go to this all, all the time. You're going to hear it again. Transformers, the movie adapted it in a way where it felt like it belonged on the big screen. The filmation way that they did it, I felt made me go, I should be watching this on my TV. And it, well, that's, I know that now through you, but that's the problem to me. It's like, I'd rather have, I think I would have probably enjoyed it better being at home and watching it that way. Cause in the theater, I, I said this when you were gone, the theater, I, I remember watching it and all I kept thinking was, man, they're using the transformation sequence a lot in this movie. And it, it just, it, for some reason it didn't, it didn't equate to being on the big screen. It felt like that was something I should be home seeing on a daily basis. And, and that's kind of why, that that excitement isn't there for me about that the same way as Transformers the movie because that just went like okay we're gonna do different animation we're gonna tell this story oh, that's, that's gonna blow kids minds and they're gonna stay in their bathrooms for months because they're scared and they're crying you know so <laughs> I, for, I forgot to unmute my mic when I came back so no one heard my answer so yeah so so Manny was talking about the 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 five parter the individual episodes versus the secret sort theatrical cut um which I explained to Sean, he could hear me, no one else could. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> that, uh, yes, Filmation found that at the last minute that they're like, oh yeah, that, that Shiro origin you're working on, we're going to make it into a movie. And they're like, what? Because they only wrote it, they wrote it as five episodes. And they're like, okay, how do we splice this together? Mm-hmm. But for me, because I, um, because I only saw it, uh, through the VHS, through the Secret of Swords, one of the three VHSs I owned as a child. Um, I gotta go Secret of Sword every time. It's just it's the way I remember it. It's 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 a it's a great movie, and uh, I didn't see the the individual parters until it had to have been DVD. So that's where I'm at. And Manny hmm. Manny agrees with you again. Uh, the five part was better because it offered more explanation and, and it did have a cool intro. The first three episodes until she actually transformed. It, she's got, it's got like a whole different intro beyond the I am Adora, 
you know. Well, the the other quick thing about that, because I actually remember that airing on the like when I would tune in to watch He-Man and She-Ra when I was a kid. I remember going like, hey, wait a minute. This is the movie that my mom took me to go see. So that was the closest right. I got to like a VHS of it when I was a kid. I got to rewatch it for free on my TV for an entire week. Right. And it was like that was – that was amazing. Just the idea, like, holy crap, this is the same thing, but I get to watch it at home now. Like, you know, like I, I was not used to, hey, you get to watch something more than one one or two times right. or whatever because of how TV was set up back then. Exactly. So great questions, Manny, and they actually lead very well right into what I'm about to show off, which came this week. So let me make Sean tiny. There we go. Hi, tiny. Hi, tiny <laughs> So this actually came a few days. Well, I think it was right after the record last week, but I wanted to save it till the day. It's actually the uh, storyboards or, or what? No, it's the it's the secret. Oh, it's the pro- posters. Yeah, the the general the advertising purpose ad slick. It's the yeah they would have used this to to make up the ads at the theater, you know, to run in the the newspaper. Yeah. With the show mm-hmm. times and everything. That's what the big is the little ones down at the bottom hmm. there. You know, the just yeah. you know, depending on how big of a uh Yes, kids, back in the day you used to look up the movie times in the newspaper. Yeah. And when a movie first came out or it was a popular movie, it had like a big not over here. A big yep. ad slick like that with big color and everything and all the show times. And then once it's been out for a little bit, it would go down okay. to one of those smaller ones. So this is an unused yep. uh, ad slick. April. Nice. Look at that right there. So this was April 30th, 1985. <laughs> and my birthday... <sighs> Was April 9th of 1985. So, <laughs> like I said, Shira has been a part of Masters for my entire life now. That's that's why when, when you wanted to do a podcast, you're like, I'm going to get this crusty old guy to join me because he just likes the savage stuff. That Shira thing, it's all like, oh, that's all axes with combs on it and all that but, stuff. And but here again, <laughs> the way we met is I won a Shira piece from I him. know. Like, the irony does not cease to amaze me. Believe me on this. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, that, that's the thing. Like My first fan art that I, I've actually invested in, which I will show off when the, oh, yes. it arrives, is actually Shira. So go figure. I am the big. I, I, I every time I deal with people, I will always say, "Hello, I'm the biggest hypocrite you'll ever meet." There you go. And I just, you know, that's just me because I, I don't dislike Shira. I just feel like it could be done in a way where maybe I'm interested in it one of these days. But it, it, like DC did it the closest so far with that Despera thing. So I got one more. Thing to show off here. Um, dinosaur. <laughs> and that big box. <laughs> I, hope, this, this, I hope they paid a lot in shipping just for that. This is a uh, <laughs> custom that I won from uh, Kevin James Bro. Uh, 
that up there. And I'll I'll put this down below too after we're done. Gray Skull. Castle cool. Bro Skull. He does a Bro lot Skull. Of, <laughs> a lot of uh vintage uh vintage toy customs. Okay. Hand painted everything. Um this I actually won from him because he uh he was doing like a giveaway for essential workers right now. I, there you go. As well as Manny working grocery stores. So, um, mm-hmm. he, oh my God, this is amazing. Sean, you're going to love this. Okay. What is it? What uh, is it? Hang on. It's lots of bubble wrap. <laughs> so I had this Star Wars toy that I had lying around. And for years I thought, hey, that could make a cool Masters thing. And I sent it to him and he really outdid himself. God, that's amazing. Um, so we made a nice little uh, merman fish custom here. Which he really went to town on. Did I lose Sean? I think I lost Sean. We were doing so good there, too. Let me see if I can get Sean back. Sean, are you there? Yep, from deep end. Yep, but he did, he really went above and beyond. He did some cool moss down there and everything. Yeah, hopefully Sean will get back to me here. Ah, the dangers of going live. But yes, it's a really cool custom. He did it. Some some cool uh, moss and stuff on the bottom there. Some glitter. I think the camera's picking that up a little bit there. He really outdid himself. Nice bloody teeth. Very cool. Thank you very much, Kevin. And uh, like I said, I'm going to put that down in the description, all your info. If you need anything, go ahead and uh, hit him up. Some very cool stuff. Give Sean another minute here to see if he can make it back on. If not, I'll end the show without him, but that'd be weird. Thanks for hanging in with us, guys.
Nope. Doesn't look like we're gonna get Shawnee back. Skype doesn't like it when you go too long, apparently. Um, Manny asked what time and channel did He-Man and She-Ra come on for me. Uh, it was not on air that I remember growing up. All my stuff was from uh, the VHS tapes. So, yep, that's that's all I had to go on. I, the video rentals from, uh, weekly from the store, so. Uh, other than that, no, I just... Uh, I think I caught it on USA Network once at my grandma's house because she had cable, but I didn't stay over there a lot. Actually, I know I did because that's when I saw uh, Reign of the Monster for the first time. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I never saw it on TV. Sean, one more shot here, and then I'll shut it down. All right, guys. Channel Five, the Power Hour. Yeah, I've heard about the Power Hours. I never got. I never get. I was too young, Manny. Not like you old guys. I never got to partake in that. All right. Well, this is the time. I gotta do it on my own tonight. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um. We'll just say, well, you know, check out our Facebook page. Check out uh, Castle Brosco Customs. And uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked, what you haven't liked. What's working for you? Uh, join our Facebook page. Uh, check out Sean's art. All that good stuff. Go read a book. Enjoy enjoy some vintage stuff. Go read Sword of She-Ra. That's, that's a good vintage golden book. Uh, very nice art. And uh, until next time.